21 feet. Just hanging out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If the place you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. To the west, the haters and losers, of which there are many. To the east, our friends and allies. To the south, the trolls, who we hate. Present. And to the north, the unfettered truth, which is takes. Ladies and gentlemen, we Hi, watched haters. many. We're back these uh, <laughs> these last two weeks. They, that's right, we're back. They they tried to take us off the air. The dark web tried to hack us with a double we D. Were, we were we were canceled until we saw a movie that proved we respect women. Exactly. Yeah. So we watched actually like a lot of movies. We were going to do Charlie's Angels, but only two of us watched Charlie's Angels, and only two of us watched Charlie's Angels. So we decided we do Knives Out instead. Uh, just want to make it clear. Just take a little poll show of hands here. Uh, who here respects women? See, hands one, up. One, I, two, skip. Two. Heads you up. No, I am passionate about okay, respecting hold women. On. One, two, three. Bigfoot. Are we gonna gonna raise your? Okay. He's got right, thumb yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Right, there yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So Bigfoot does like to take a side on these centrist. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, he's a moderator. He's the ombudsman. He keeps us, you know, level. He's he, it's all about facts, not feelings. He puts the so. moderate in moderator, Ex- and he hates virtue signaling. Exactly. So it's it's important that we have someone neutral like him. Switzerland is his nickname in the room. Okay. So uh, Parker, do we have any news? Not so much news as much as a question. All right. What are the legal implications? So, if the rise of Skywalker ends up being awful, I really hope it isn't, but it probably will be. What would the legal ramifications be if the fan base effectively claimed Star Wars for itself? For instance, what if they created a, a council or a voting process for determining what was and was not canon, ignored everything Disney put out or said it <laughs> was good, and people purely followed legend material? Effectively open sourcing Star Wars through a loophole. I mean, I'm sure you have to pay to use the Star Wars name and everything, but how far could you take it? Chris, your thoughts? Parker, let me answer your question with a question. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I Does am anyone else very think? there for the defeminized cut of all the Star Wars movies. Does anyone else think that if the military really wanted to, they could put together a better Star Wars than Disney? <laughs> <laughs> you have to stop getting the new segments from Breitbart. <laughs> Proving once again that all fandoms are tied for the worst, except Star Wars, which somehow just, just keeps hitting level. those buzzer beaters. Just three after three. Congrats, everyone. Now, Parker, you you are a fan or were a fan. Like, how how do you keep being a fan when all stuff like I, this keeps coming out? I have spent my entire childhood. Waiting for a place to talk about Star Wars with people, and now I wish it would just stop existing, like retroactively, just fucking wipe it off the face of the planet. 
<laughs> so, so Let these it... nerds get mad about Warhammer so I don't have to hear about it. Jesus Christ. Speak, speaking of things nerds are mad about, you want to talk about that Snyder Cut runtime? Oh my Jesus I... Christ. <laughs> God, how many minutes was it? It was longer than the Irishman, right? Or right up there? Uh, it's longer, it's longer. I believe it's over four, isn't it? Like, I don't think it was quite thing. four, but like honestly, at some point, what's the difference? Yeah. Like, that was in the air for like a day, and then someone tweets like, I mean, yeah, it's funny and all, but it's an assembly cut. And then Zack Snyder himself is like, no, no, that's the final product. Oh my and my God. heart seized. <laughs> Physical challenge, Alex. I stay awake for one quarter of it. <laughs> I would uh, like to redraft my teams. <laughs> this is not going to end well. Oh, man. Oh, that's... That's astonishing. You know, one of the other things... Uh, hang on, I'm gonna text. Keep recording, keep recording. It's from a... Three it's from hours. An Adam, it's from a, I thought we were stopping so you could respond. Uh, no, it's, it's from an Adam Johnson. Uh, he says... And I don't know how he's listening right now. He says that when the Packers have a losing record, the uh, the owners all take... Uh, they all take a collective poll and they choose the place and stuff. So I think that, you know, maybe that is viable for Star Wars. We'll have the fans choose. <laughs> maybe they should just do what the Ravens did and get that kid with cancer. Don't... Problems. Okay, next second. Next second. Not funny. Not funny. Parker, <laughs> do you have any other news? No, we have a thousand movies to talk about. We really do. Oh, correct. So, well, I had news, movies. but man, shut the... <laughs> no, let's, let's hear some more off. news. Give the people what they want. I don't have anything. I had things, right. but that wasn't last week's file that is long since deleted. Oops. Okay, that's. That, I think that's fair. Uh, do we have any jerks of the week? I don't have a keeping it what goes wrong, thank goodness. Buddy, I always have a jerk of the week. <laughs> don't you worry about did, that. Did you save it this time, or do you have it ready for us? I have it ready. Yeah, let's hear it. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Alright, so a little backstory here. My girlfriend is very normie, like, internet-adjacent normie. Like, has a Twitter account, but uses it to look at pictures of dogs. Yeah. So when she texted me the other day, the start of a five-minute rant about why people on Twitter want to fuck Baby Yoda. That's <laughs> when I knew who my jerk was this week. Fuck. <laughs> It was me for tweeting so your girlfriend could see it. <laughs> she just she just doesn't understand why everyone on the internet is so horny. And I don't understand why she doesn't puppet. throw me a retweet. <laughs> <laughs> Quote tweets don't count, coward. Don't take my credit. Like, I, I rarely hear her rant about anything, ever. And she went for a solid five to ten minutes about people on the internet wanting to fuck Baby Yoda. And I just wanted to call attention to that. Because if that's you, keep on doing your thing. Was, was her yeah. last uh, rant about Queen's Corgi or whatever? <sighs> She's still <sighs> mad at someone for that movie. One of these days, we're going to meet and that's all we're going to talk about at whatever party yeah. you're hosting for like three <laughs> hours. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then a bottle of Kofefe. Alex, I gotta go. <laughs> I, that... Uh, the experience of watching that in a foreign country as the only American... And the way I was holding on to those armrests. Dear sweet Christ. I just had a flash to the future of the game of games where someone loses a week and their physical challenge is to go to a bartender and order a large covfefe. <laughs> and my, my heart <laughs> froze in place. <sighs> Can you feel it, Mr. Krabs? Oh, God. <laughs> Who are your guys' jerks of the week? Um, my good friend Chris. For the movie he assigned me that we'll get to later. I assigned you oh two boy. movies. What if one is? <laughs> yeah, what if I'm is aware. 
I'm uh, aware of yeah. what you assigned me. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know what you did, coward. Uh, my trick of the week is Ruin Johnson for uh, Star Wars Episode Eight. Uh, conspiracy theory we'll get to later. May not be my jerk of the week. Maybe an asterisk next to his name. Uh, know a lot about those. So uh, my other jerk of the week is cheating ass Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the haters Getting of losers, cheating. of which there are many. <laughs> to beat the Bengals. How do you get so caught cool. seven different times? Against a team that's too whatever. Anyway, a wise man once said, "Actually, they only have one win." So, okay. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah. So I respect them for yeah. playing the greatest game ever played. Rubbing is in fact racing. So, uh, <laughs> movies we've watched recently, we'll get into right now. So, I actually ducked out of seeing this movie at the Alamo because I didn't feel like it. Uh, it was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, they were doing a movie party for it, and I'm glad I ducked out of it because I didn't like it very much. Guys, I have more bad news. Uh, Parker, I'm, I can see why you didn't mention this, but it's true. Uh, bad news. Steve Martin is, in fact, still alive. <laughs> we'll get to him later, buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I, I, look, this is a classic for boomers. It's really not something that holds up. Uh, I like John Candy a lot. I think he's very funny. Um, he, he works really hard. I can tell what he's trying to do, but it, it's kind of the same joke over and over again. Like, oh, look, he's really annoying. And, uh, Steve Martin is an asshole. Uh, and then all of a sudden towards the end, it gets really, really sad and tragic. You're like, oh, is that what we were supposed to be feeling this entire movie? Thanks for nothing. John Hughes allegedly wrote this in a week. I can tell. Uh, I don't know how he got a career off of this movie, but, uh... Okay, I, I, I've seen worse. But one of the reasons I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters is they were doing a movie party with so-called fans of this movie. Alex, I'm going to jump ahead to a movie I did not watch. Uh, the second time I went to see Knives Out, I went to the Alamo, and uh, it was just when uh, the Elf movie party was getting out. Oh boy, you didn't invite me? <laughs> Alex, if you could have seen the fans, the fans of this movie, they were all dressed in Christmas onesies with Santa hats. And they oh, were... don't worry, buddy. I see them every year on December 25th. <laughs> it was the most embarrassing thing I had ever seen. I don't understand the appeal of that movie. I'm not saying I hate it as much as you, because I don't know if anyone hates that as much as you do. But You see, Will Ferrell <laughs> is very loud, and also, he's not short like the other elves. Oh, yeah. And also, he's very loud. <laughs> oh, it's just Get dreadful. it? Isn't that funny? Like, there are even things that I like about it. I like, uh, I like Zoe Deschanel, I guess. I liked her. Uh, I like Bob Newhart. Uh, I don't think I like anything else in that movie. Zoe Deschanel, I, I don't know, I guess I like her looks. She can't act, or at least that movie puts forth the theory that she can't act. No, no, that's correct. Yeah. You are, you're accurate. Yeah. Uh, I hope your teams did well, and you don't have to watch a season of New Girl this week. Speaking of teams doing well, <laughs> okay. I watched Gus. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, shit, me too. I had to my brain for a second. No, <laughs> I, I forgot say. about it. <laughs> I was going to say, we've got our wires crossed somewhere. Uh, next up, I watched the Snow Queen. Now, Gus is uh, not very good. Um, that's the thing about, like, uh, whatever a friend says, oh, I love Disney movies. What you mean is you love Disney animated movies. Z Disney live action movies suck, for the most part. Uh, Gus is really, really, really lousy. Uh, one of the things that really stood out for me, because you were talking about, oh, it's about a mule that kicks 100-yard field goals, also starring Don Knotts. 
Yes, it does, in Correct. fact, star Don Knotts. Uh, he's not the problem here. The mule that kicks 100-yard field goals is not the problem here. All right, so Don Knotts is not the mule. Got it. No, they're also <laughs> very different characters. Uh, now, the, the problem is that they're, it was very clearly made on the cheap, which I, that's a little surprising. You'd think Disney, with all its resources, could have... Uh, could have put something better together, but there's you a lot. I think of, they would have impo- they wouldn't have imported a mule all the way from Croatia. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of green screen that goes into it, a lot of uh, really shitty effects and stuff like that. Uh, somehow, the best part of the movie is actually Dick Buckus, who you kind of wonder how did his acting career not <laughs> That's take really off? his name. <laughs> yeah, Dick Buckus is really really good in this movie. You're like, wait a second, I'd, I'd watch a movie with him in it. Then you look at his IMDb filmography, you're like. I'd like to imagine a movie with him in it. So uh, I would not recommend Gus, in case you guys were wondering. I don't know if you guys have watched it yet, but I did, and I actually really liked it. I watched The Irishman. Um, I also watched The Irishman. Did, you want to hear my takes? Uh, yeah, let's let's do a little tag team. Uh, it was fine. Yeah, I, I think I liked it a little bit more than just calling it fine, but it definitely isn't good, fellas, which, uh, what is? Uh, so I, I want to talk about a couple things first. Um... A lot of people, for some reason, they were comparing it to the Polar Express, and I turned it on like I haven't even seen that movie. But what do, what do they mean by that? So I turned oh, it on. Oh, you haven't. Have and you? as soon as I, is that really the worst you can do? As soon as oh, I turned no, it on, but... it gets to the part where he's de-aged and he's driving the truck. I'm like, oh, that is the most Polar Express ass thing I've ever seen in my life. The yeah, uh, it looks real bad. The, the, whole, the whole movie just ugh. the de-aging. I'm sorry, it was. It was noticeable to me. It's another uncanny valley effect. It looked like Mars needs moms the entire time. Uh, here's the thing about de-aging is I, I don't know if this is most of the population where they identify people more by their faces, but 80-year-old Robert De Niro is still doing an 80-year-old Robert De Niro voice for the entire movie. He still sounds 80 years old, so the illusion just doesn't work. And the worst part about it is he still moves like an 80-year-old. And boy, is that obvious during the scene... Alex, I think you don't want to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I already I know exactly yeah, exactly. What you're talking it's, about. It's I a was green just grocery scene where he was just he pulls him out of the store and he beats him. The finger quotes that I am doing right now and the kick. He steps with the wrong foot. It's just it's just awful, and it just looks really bad the whole time. It's so it's so uh, bad that it gets to the point where Joe Pesci, one of my all-time favorite actors, is finally back. How long has he been away from the screen? Like, a couple decades or something? He's finally back in this, playing a major role, and I actually like what he's doing, but I can't kind of look away. Uh, now, I did say I liked it, and that is true. I actually did like it because I still like Scorsese's style of directing, for the most part. Uh, I still like the story. The story, to me, is very interesting. I don't know if I believe all of it because the Jimmy Hoffa thing... Actually, I will say one of the lines that's most effective in the movie is... Uh, young people today don't know who Jimmy Hoffa was. You're correct, because Jimmy Hoffa has kind of been turned into a punchline in the same way that Elvis Presley's been turned into a punchline. No one talks about Elvis Presley's number one hits. They talk about, oh yeah, Elvis Presley's still alive in a trailer park in Arkansas. Or they talk about, oh, Jimmy Hoffa's body is his uh, well-known missing artifact as the Ark of the Covenant. Like, that's all I know about Jimmy Hoffa is that he went missing. And now the movie kind of does a little history lesson for me, and I, I think that's kind of useful, and uh, I well, don't know. Well, this that. is probably a bad time to bring up the fact that, like, the source material for this movie has been debunked, like, eight times over. That's about what yeah. I expected. Uh, I wasn't entirely sure uh, if any of this was believable. I heard there were a lot of people who had really serious doubts about this, but I didn't look at this as, like, a documentary. I looked at it as, like, well, this is this one guy's story. This is what he says what happened i'm like it's nice to kind of see that on the screen i I don't know i kind of liked it the fact that it's misleading 
Well, I guess we could have done a better job of that, but that's all right. Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa? I guess that's what he sounded like. I don't know. Boy, he must have really... I guess that's what he sounded like! (laughs) (laughs) That don't mind! All right, but uh, here's the thing, though. One of the main things that has come out with The Irishman is the runtime. Uh, This is me, the long movie guy. I didn't mind it at all. The three and a half hours uh, was perfectly fine for me. I don't I'm, care about yeah. the number next to the movie as far as runtime goes. This is one of the worst edited movies I've seen in a long time, and I 100% blame Netflix for giving an old man a blank check and saying, eh, just don't hire an editor. We're just going to put it on our streaming service. Nothing fucking matters. So as far as that goes, I think that that's because there are a lot of scenes where uh, scenes don't really go anywhere. They don't really add a whole lot to it. But I have to admit, I didn't really mind those scenes. I was just like... I don't mind watching this so much. It wasn't really like a huge part of my day, and I was I was engrossed the entire movie. I always wanted to see what's going to happen next, even when it was just them driving and being like, "Babe, could you put out your cigarette? Could you put it? Okay, we're going to pull over. Smoking? Don't smoke in the car. Stuff like that, which doesn't really add a whole lot to anything. I I don't know. I I had a good time with it, um, but not a great time. Uh, it's I don't know. I just kind of liked it. They. If they made this movie in like 2000, it would probably would have been really good. Yeah, because ev- everyone's everyone's too old. Everyone's yeah. like in this movie making market economy where you can just do things like this and just oh, we're gonna go all in on these de aging effects and fucking 80 year old Robert De Niro is supposed to be believable curb stomping this guy and we're supposed to care about all these people mumbling through their lines and it's like. It's it's fine, Scorsese karaoke, but like, but people, no one's gonna put this in their in their five best Scorsese movies. No, they're it probably not. shouldn't be in anyone's top ten. Which is weird because I, I hear a lot of people, and not just on Twitter, a lot of people are saying, yeah, it's his best movie since Casino, with a huge caveat of, but it's nowhere near as good as Casino. I'm like, I, I like the caveat, but you're missing a lot of the stuff that he's directed since Casino. Like, this is not as good as Hugo. This is not as good as The Departed. It, this is uh, a <laughs> man. The Departed fucking sucks. I really don't. I love. I, I like the. I love uh, that movie. movie. It's <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I have to admit, I, I don't like The Departed as much as everyone else. But I think, and that's the thing is, I do like The Departed, and I I like this I movie, see. but I certainly do not love The Irishman. Um, I, that's the thing is, and not just because it came out, and if it came out in two thousand, it would be better received. It would be, because of you know younger actors and everything but also i think uh he would have had an editor <laughs> this would not have been three and a half yeah. hours uh released yeah. in theaters if i had seen this in My... theaters i don't know if i would have liked it as much as i did watching it on netflix where i could take a little break in between but uh... I, I will i will say this though if this movie wins the oscar go fuck yourself like oh. go fuck yourself academy you are just i know we don't talk behind. about the oscars <laughs> i i know we don't talk about the oscars on this podcast but like no fucking way this movie is pretty good at best. Come on. Yeah, this is definitely not. I, I don't think this is going to win Best Picture. Come on. I would not rule it out. He wouldn't? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, The Irishman has got a ton of views. I, Parker, I don't know if you saw the numbers, but it was like several million views, right, on Netflix? Something absurd. Yeah, which... And uh, most people did not finish it day one. Well, I will say I didn't watch it because, as you will hear, everything I watch is super disposable because... Yeah. I have had a fun two weeks yeah. at work. Well, let, speaking of Netflix... Love the holidays. Speaking both of Netflix and of something you watched, I watched Klaus. Uh, oh, that was so cute. little animated movie on Netflix. Klaus is about the best Christmas movie I've seen since Arthur Christmas. This What a nice little movie. I really, really like that. 
Uh, I, I had a really good time. The basic idea is there's this little uh, mailman who lives in wherever it's somewhere up north and uh he has to go to this other like forsaken town or whatever where everyone's fighting with each other be a mailman there and deliver a certain quote of letters or something it's kind of it's kind of silly but i don't know i'm paying attention it kind of has an emperor's new groove sort of uh, vibe where the main character is not altogether likable at the beginning but then he meets basically santa claus and uh he doesn't have like reindeer or magic powers or or whatever he's kind of like a woodsman and he every once in a while he'll deliver presents and stuff like that and they sort of build off that and boy the animation is just gorgeous it reminds me of that short paper man i don't know if you guys ever saw that but i love that one and this is basically the same thing and uh i, I really really highly recommend klaus i recommend klaus much more than i recommend the irishman <laughs> klaus is a great movie that's going to be a classic in the uh chris Veal christmas household it was very good. I love the animation style a lot. Like, as soon as I put it on, saw what it looked like. I was like, all right, I'm in. And then J.K. Jokes. Simmons was the stand-in for Santa, and I was double in. Yeah, and uh, Norm MacDonald in their supporting role, uh, which is great. I, I like I like Norm MacDonald a lot, and I like Klaus a lot. So everyone This house is not one for Christmas movies, but we both enjoyed it a lot. You know what? That's, I bet that's the one that'll win a lot of people who are, like, anti-Christmas over. Uh, I, I know that's kind of... It's kind of a sore subject for a lot of people. A lot of people, like, they call it spooky season. Fucking whatever. Uh, speaking of who, things... Who are these people? Parker, if you want to raise your hand. Do not. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> All right, so I watched my first Lars von Trier movie. Oh, and boy. Wait, and hopefully your last. Uh, no, unfortunately, it's not my last. I watched two of those. The first one I watched Bloody. is called Breaking the Waves. Uh, Breaking the Waves sucks. It is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And it's, it's not very good, I'll tell you that. Uh, but it's it, this is apparently Lars von Trier's most critically acclaimed movie. Uh, the basic idea is this man and woman get married in Who Gives a Shit Europe, and he gets injured in an oil accident, and he's paralyzed from the neck down. And he encourages her to have sex with other men and tell him about it. That's the entire movie, and it's two hours and 45 minutes. Now, Lars von Trier is known for a lot of things. Parker knows him for uh, penis mutilation. Thanks so oh much, my God. Parker, for talking And I know him for being mean to Twister. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Up top. Uh, Next movie. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that he's also known for is uh, Dogma 95. Uh, also for praising Hitler. Oh, the, and Dog, the Kevin Smith movie. Dogma 95 is uh, a list of rules. It's a uh, it's a goal. It's like we're going to it says let's say the goal of the Dogma Collective is to purify film. Oh, Wait, purify who's responsible for that shit? For refusing expensive and spectacular special effects, post production modifications, and other technical gimmicks. So the, here are the rules. Uh, shooting must be done on location. Props and sets must not be brought in. The sound must never be produced from the images or vice versa. The camera must be handheld. The film must be in color. Optical work and filters are forbidden. The film must not contain superficial action. Temporal and geographical alienation are forbidden. Genre movies are not acceptable. The film must be in the Academy 35mm. And the director must not be credited. Uh... Now, you might be wondering, how would it be possible to make a good movie with all these rules? I am still wondering this. Uh, Lars you know von Trier. What? Maybe I will just watch Trash the rest of my life, because that sounds awful. Lars von Trier is a bad director. Now, you might be wondering, Chris, how can you say that based off watching one of his movies? Well, this is actually based off watching two of his movies. I also watched Dogville, which is three hours long. 
Uh, it also has Nicole Kidman in there, who I guess is an actress, who's someone, I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, it actually does have a really interesting narrative or frame of device sort of thing. It all looks like it takes place on a stage where they just sort of draw in chalk the outline of like the houses and stuff like that and all the people interacting. Boy, a whole lot of rape in this movie. A whole lot of... Uh, oh, sick. Just, why does this... Oh, but you see, it's artistic. Yeah, that's... I mean, Lars Venture, I think he really likes this sort of thing. I think the basic idea of this movie is uh, he's like, you know, people are just awful. They're just terrible to each other. Now let's all talk about my movie. It's just not a very good movie. And people are like, oh, the ending's really good because, like, they set the, the village on fire. And uh, it's like, yeah, they killed all the people who were so mean to her. I don't, I don't care. I, I learned nothing. I grew in no way. Lars von Trier is a bad filmmaker. If you like his movies, that's not fair. You, you're, you have bad taste. So <laughs> next movie I watched is by a director who's far more palatable. Uh, Mel Gibson. I watched Apocalypto. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> oh man oh man <laughs> uh i like apocalypto that's somehow funnier than if you said roman <laughs> oh not bad not bad i i like apocalypto i uh, i think it's really really well done i i like the characters i like following them on their journey i think it takes really really long to get going uh <laughs> uh <no>, apocalypto <laughs> Apocalypto is a good movie. Uh, Apocalypto is one of the ones where I was like, wait, maybe he's a better director than he is an actor. Then the news about the uh, cops and the drinking and the certain views on certain individuals came out. I'm like, ah, maybe I'll, I'll stop watching Mel Gibson movies. Uh, then you didn't. No, you won't. No, no, I won't. I like his <laughs> movies too much. Uh, Apocalypto is good. I, I recommend it to everyone. If you haven't seen Apocalypto yet, what are you doing? Watch Apocalypto. That's a really great action movie. Wait, is this the one with Jaden Smith? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Man, could you imagine what that set would sound like? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> he flubs one line and no. it's fuck. You gotta shut down production. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, next up, I watched perhaps the most underrated movie I've ever seen in my life. It's called The Breadwinner. And, um... I think a while ago you guys heard me, you heard me mention a movie called uh, Kess, uh, Legend of the Whatever. No, it wasn't Kess. It was Kells, Secret of the oh. Whatever. I don't even remember what it was. It was like an Irish sort of thing. It was an animated movie. I really liked the animation, but the story itself wasn't very good, and it had blackface. So I watched this. Sorry, what? <laughs> I watched this movie uh, called The Breadwinner. This is based on uh, a novel by someone whose name escapes me. Um, and oh uh, yeah, but we should have should have put it in the trailer. They should have. So they should have. <laughs> they should have. I wish they had. Maybe I would have remembered it. It was executive produced by Angelina Jolie, who was an actress in a movie or something. Uh, this is about a young girl in Afghanistan, and uh, her father is kidnapped under or arrested under false pretenses, and she has to get a job. And when he can't get jobs, especially a young girl can't get jobs over there because of uh, certain laws that they have. So she cuts her hair to make herself look like a boy, and she finds it a little bit easier to move in society there. And it's really, it's, it's kind of a tough watch. I have to admit that. It's a tough watch for a really short animated movie, but I learned a lot. At least the shore shack was higher. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad I saw it. I, I think it's really good. I, I think this is one of the better movies that I've seen. So if you haven't seen The Breadwinner, uh, I, I think that you guys should watch it. I, 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 it's another one where the animation's really good. Very simple, but it's trying to communicate something. And I think that goes a long way. 
I'm going to save the Charlie's Angels movie towards the movies towards the end so we can both talk about them in pairs, I guess. Uh, Parker, sometimes you watch a movie just for a little inside joke and it ends up being something bigger than you expected. You remember on Frisky Dingo where they have that rap album cover called The Bollocost? Uh, like, <laughs> I'm aware. No. Yes. <laughs> what, if, what if they're going to find Forrester? Maybe they're finding Forrester. <laughs> so I watched finding forester i thought you were gonna say schindler's list <laughs> no that is a one-time watch uh, a movie that you watch as a joke yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes just, just for shits and giggles yeah. me and the lads pop on schindler's list yeah i wanted to have fun with it uh i watched finding forester which stars uh i don't know some guy from alex g and it's it's actually uh it's a decent movie it's by gus van zandt uh who is not a guitarist for leonard skinnerd uh, he's actually the same guy who directed Goodwill Hunting. Who's that joke for? All the dads, all my papas out there. Uh, I was just gonna let it go. <laughs> oh, enough about songs from Frozen. I know you like it a lot, Parker, but we have to focus. Okay, so finally... one of us saw the sequel in theaters. So the only the only dad rock musicians I know are in Kiss. <laughs> I know why you know you them. Are very familiar. Yeah. So uh, Sean Connery is in Fighting Forrester, and it's. A lot like uh, Goodwill Hunting, but there's also a little bit more stupidity. Uh, basically, there is this uh, young black kid, and he's with his friends in the inner city, and they like to shoot hoops and such. And, uh, but secretly, he's an aspiring writer, and he really likes reading books by the classic authors. Uh, Please tell me this kid is played by Sean Connery. Whose names we don't know. And uh, <laughs> we, he's... Uh, it turns out uh, Sean Connery is basically playing like a modern day version of uh, whoever it was that wrote Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> whoever it was who wrote Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger. Okay, uh, and uh, he no Shaq's uh, so he's a recluse. He's, he was a classic writer and he becomes a recluse uh, because of the way that society was Shaq. handling uh, his movies, and. <laughs> He ends up mentoring this kid to sort of overtake his teacher, who's uh, played by the guy who was Salieri in uh, one movie about music, and uh, it's what? it's a decent it's a decent movie. Uh, Need the formula. <laughs> it's Alex. It's so fucked up. You mentioned though, because I swear I saw it as a kid, and Sean Connery was playing Sinbad. What's going on? <laughs> oh man, is that out next weekend? Oh, we're gonna find that. <laughs> No, <laughs> Finding Forrester is a decent movie, but it, the advice that was given in Goodwill Hunting, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I like Goodwill Hunting a lot because it's another fucking Boston movie, baby. Here we go. Head body, head body, head body. Finding Forrester takes place in New York, which, how could you have a smart person in New York? Come on. So, uh, next one. I'm not taking this bait. Yeah. Next Fuck one. you, <laughs> your city. So, the next one I watched, I did a couple rewatches. I rewatched American Psycho. Um, oh, Pog. Still good, as it turns out. Uh, Is that what we're going with, Parker? About that. I don't um, like the ending. That movie it's, fucking blows. I, what the fuck? As usual, the answer lies somewhere in the middle. Uh, <laughs> there are certain things that I... will get it. He's real epic. Don't no, here's a, there are a couple yeah. things that I like about it. The things that I like about it are uh, the camera work. I think the camera work does a really good shot. Uh, there's some really, really good uh, scenes there. The framing, I like. The lighting is excellent in a lot of scenes. Uh movie is i think kind of misogynist actually we uh want to be honest with ourselves here um i think the main character is wholly unlikable which makes it sort of weird that people are like oh yeah i really liked him 
I, I will say I really like Christian Bale's performance. Uh, I think it is uh, really funny when it needs to be and just on point when they're trying to do something. I'm really happy. Yeah. Most of all, if I had to say like one thing about this, I'm trying not to hit all the same points that everyone else has already said about this movie. It's a comment on society. It's a capitalism. Like, I, I get it. But like, here's one thing I wanted to say that no one else talks about. I'm glad that we don't talk about movies the same way that the main character talks about music because, boy, this podcast would <laughs> be shut down in a second <laughs> except for the fact when the first kill where he kills jared leto which got that in my house uh, we'll get to jared leto <laughs> oh good i'm sorry what <laughs> see parker anyway uh it's th- that scene where he kills him the the faces that he makes he sounds like a cross between uh wayne from wayne's world and alice cooper from wayne's world because <laughs> Was like, yeah, your two favorite actors. Yeah, exactly. He's just, just <laughs> listening to it. It's like, oh, man, is, is this Huey Lewis in the news? Oh, yes. I believe that their irony that they used was like, I don't know. I was, I was laughing. It was just kind of, it's kind of silly. Yeah, it turns out Christian Bale, good actor. Yeah, that's, I just want to say, you know, hot take. That's one of the things that we've been trying to put. It's a little known guy, but uh, check out some of his movies. The Machinist, you'll really like it. Uh, but Alex, if you don't mind me asking, what do you dislike about it so much? Yeah, Because I think last time I talked about it, I don't think you were on here full time. Yeah, that's right. I, to keep it brief, because it's been a hot fucking minute since I've seen that movie. The easiest way I can describe it is that I'm absolutely a hypocrite for disliking this movie for the same reasons that I like Wolf of Wall Street, and I don't care, because I think one of them's a much better movie. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. Wall Street's that's so much better. It's not Correct. even close. I just like, remember no, I, finding out, like, five years later it was directed by a woman and going, huh, could have <laughs> fooled me. <laughs> what do I know? Yeah, I mean, there's probably a world in which I wasn't exposed as a teenager to a bunch of dipshit teenagers who think this movie's a work of art, and that might have skewed my perspective on it, but too bad, the damage is already done, I don't like it. But, I mean, here's the thing, there's also the fact, and I'm sorry, Alex, I'm not trying to speak for you, I know you like it. Oh, you're good, You like Wolf of Wall Street for certain reasons, you dislike American Psycho for certain reasons. For me, one of the biggest differences is that way more important things happen in Wolf of Wall Street. The characters are a lot more likable and well-defined in Wolf of Wall Street. And here, they're body bags. They, they just they might as well be uh, little sandbags and little scarecrows that you just stab with a pitchfork and then struck them. So it's, come on, it's completely different as far as I'm concerned. The only thing that this movie has over Wolf of Wall Street is uh, the soundtrack, which, um, Scorsese, you can, you can stop with the songs. We get it. Um, uh, but but I want to hear the same three Rolling Stone songs in every movie. <laughs> well, you're gonna you should rewatch The Irishman. Take some more time out of your yeah. Movie. You know what? You know what? You're right. Uh, both of those movies did need shipping up to yeah. Boston. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Uh, Can we just do The Departed? <laughs> I want to do The Departed now. <laughs> well, put it on the list. <laughs> yes, sir. But like, there there are certain things. Uh, one of the things that also kind of got to me was Christian Bale's voice because it's not the accent he nails the accent because shocker it's christian bale he can do it but the voice that he's doing especially at the beginning is like i put on my face mask and then i watched freddie got fingered the commentary was eerily poignant and you know that's like i i it just kind of stuck with me it's like that's why phil beards love it because he talks like that i think that's the reason i I don't know. Other than that, it's like, the, here's a movie that I actually compare it with, and uh, Alex, this might be kind of an out of left field thing for you, but I actually compare it a little bit more with Fight Club, because Fight Club is another we-live-in-a-society sort of movie, 
But Correct. No, yeah. I see what you're going And for. it also came out a lot uh, closer to the same time period. Fight Club was 99. This movie was 2000. And Fight Club also has a solution. Uh, I mean, American Psycho has no solution to this we live in a society thing. It's just like, oh, it's just going to keep on happening. Whereas Fight Club says, be a domestic terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just still laughing at the fact that you're, pa- you're Patrick Bateman and you're Owen Wilson are the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, those are kind of close. Shit. Well, uh, anyway. Wow, I'm doing a serial murder. Yeah, oh, God. I. That's the thing about the writing is that... See, now you don't like it either. <laughs> no, it's... There are so many things that I like about this movie that I can't just dismiss it out of hand. I really like the performance and I really like some of the shots. But, boy almighty, none of the other characters are memorable. N- name another character from the movie besides Willem Dafoe shows up as the police investigator and doesn't have a character. I already forgot about Except that. He has no character. Because you think about him in every other movie he's ever done, he has a character. In this one, he's nothing. He might as well not exist. So the final thing that I want to say here is, uh, Parker, the last time you mentioned American Psycho on this podcast, you said, um, so, uh, for the ending, do you think it was real? Do you think it actually happened? And upon a rewatch, because I said it had been a hot second since I've seen it, and Alex, you should keep it that way. Uh, I plan to. Don't it worry, is bud. so very obviously to so very obvious to me that he did do it because if he didn't do it, oh, we yeah. don't have a movie. And yeah, exactly. I, I think it's such the a lame thing and for people to say like, "Oh, maybe it was all in his head." Yeah, maybe every single movie was in someone's head. There's nothing worse than a fan theory. It's like, "Hey, check this out. What if this was all the main character's dream?" Cool. That's so fucking awesome. That you can just do that for every piece of media. No, I've always seen it as he did it. But it's just going through IMDb. It's like, how many fucking people want this movie to be actively I, I, worse? I will say, I mean, it is the fault of the movie that uh, it's seen that way for two reasons. One, the main character is like, I never met this. I mean, I saw this guy in Paris. I just had lunch with him. So there's no way he could have done it. His lawyer at the end. And the other thing is the fact that the characters have no personality. So if you want to talk about, like, oh, he's a rich millionaire's kid or something like that. Boy, we see a lot of movies about millionaire's kids. Um, he's a rich millionaire's kid who doesn't see people as people, and that's the way that the movie is portrayed. Yeah, fine, sure, whatever. But the movie actively gets a thousand times worse if you look at it from that perspective. I mean, even as a stupid 16-year-old, I was like, yeah, like, they're just all interchangeable. No one knows each other. It's all just fake bullshit on the top. And yet these grown-ass people are like, well, I don't know. He said he wasn't there. Maybe he just imagined the whole thing. God damn. So, like, one of the things that I get from I'm stupid, and I figured it out. So, people say, it's like, oh, that's the point, is that all the people were were lousy and interchangeable and not memorable or anything like that, because that's how the millionaire class sees us. Yeah, look, I get it. I'm so sick of hearing, that's the point. That's like saying none of the characters in Evangelion were were likable. That's the point. I get the point. The point here that I'm trying to make... That that (laughs) fucking show sucks. The point here is bad. It is poorly made. And the point of this movie was to make a bad, unlikable, unwatchable movie. And they almost succeeded. But again, the performance really saves it. Because, again, Christian Bale, check him out. Pocahontas. He's like one of the guys. Uh, (laughs) Is he really? He is. Yeah, he's like uh, one of the background guy he's a kid who doesn't know how to shoot his <laughs> rifle and then Ratcliffe says to him uh, man's not a man unless he knows how to shoot and my dad's like hear that Chris so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always come back to American Psycho for his performance but then when it gets to like the last 20 minutes I'm always like I'm gonna check my phone I know other sense because that ending does nothing for me now Parker you asked Alex why he doesn't like it I think it's fair to ask you why you like it Christian Bale like this performance is so fucking good I enjoy watching him, and he do- he's in, like, every single scene. 
I love his performance. But then, like I said, we get to the end where he's going fully crazy. And I'm like, all right, I don't really care about this anymore. I think the best part of the movie is when he's not murdering anyone. And uh, yes, like I, yeah. I could watch this fucking idiot stare off into the distance and wax poetic about Whitney Houston. Yeah. Turns, for an entire movie. Turns out the guy who wrote the book, whose name I don't know, uh, turns out he really that doesn't dude. like women. Uh, <laughs> that dude fucking sucks yeah. a lot. So if you see some guy who's like trying to act intellectual by having that book on his bookshelf, uh, maybe think twice. Uh, so Him doing an interview with the director of this movie saying like, yeah, women can't really adapt my work. And she's just staring at him like, fucking what? <laughs> yeah, shout out He's to McGee. pretty cool. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so uh, I was thinking, no. Alex, I don't quite remember what your opinion on the next movie was, because you had mentioned it before, and I, I thought to myself, what did Alex say about this movie? I don't remember if he liked it or didn't like it or said I should watch it again or said no way should I rewatch it again. I rewatched Gangs of New York, and because uh, it's on Netflix. Oh, I'm sorry. Oops. Uh, <laughs> yeah, big mistake, but Yeah, I think this is one we're going to be much more in agreement on than... Uh... God, imagine watching that and The Irishman in the same week. Yeah, that was... And imagine all the other movies I what saw, too. What the fuck, man? Yeah, Gangs of New York is shorter than The Irishman, but that's debatable. Barely. <laughs> this movie... Fucking barely, man. This oh, movie shit. goes on. <laughs> But here's the thing: it's like I I like The Irishman a lot more than this. I think Gangs of New York. Uh, you want to talk about a movie about nothing? Yeah. Holy fuck. You, that's the thing: it's like apparently this was based on some real life things that may have occurred, or real life people, perhaps. I I believe you. It's mundane dude, enough for it to have been real life. Five minutes in, I don't know who anyone is, and I don't care. I think Brendan Gleeson is waddling his way around for no reason. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is in it, giving the performance of a week. Uh, I guess they have uh, Cameron Diaz is in this movie because I guess she was a hot name for five minutes. And uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. And people are saying, wow, what a performance from Daniel Day-Lewis. I, I was if you say somewhat so. underwhelmed by uh, Daniel Day-Lewis' performance in this movie because all it was is he didn't wash his hair and threw knives at a stupid mustache. It, that's, uh, that's what we're going with. That's a really great performance that we're supposed to remember here. I... Look, even Blackface couldn't save this movie. I mean, it couldn't uh, drag it to even... Sorry, what? Uh, there was some... We'll get to Blackface. <laughs> I will always die on the hill of... <laughs> fuck Daniel Day-Lewis. Whoa, Oh, really? he went method and lived as a shoemaker for eight months. Just fucking read the lines. I, I will say accent. that Daniel Day-Lewis is kind of an asshole, fuck but you. I also like his performances in almost <laughs> everything. It's like, so. suck my... Yeah, he's lived in the character nonstop for a year. It's like... Just rehearse like, cool, the lines as a trailer, you fucking yeah, asshole. It's called acting. I, I like his movies for the most part. I haven't seen the Phantom Thread, but Parker will after today. Anyway, oh so. dude, Phantom Thread is real fucking good. You should <laughs> never mind. That. Damn it. Uh, but uh, no, nope, no take backs. <laughs> Finally, a W. Time to eat, boys. <laughs> Time to eat. Uh, yeah, Gangs of New York is perhaps the least memorable Scorsese movie I've ever seen. Um... Alex, no challengers. Uh, is there a, is there a less memorable Scorsese movie? Perhaps I, I missed. If there is, I'm forgetting about oh, it. Oh, hey, so. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Schrodinger's movie. <laughs> That's not even me doing a bit. Yeah. Like I, I got nothing. That's probably yeah. right. I also uh, I rewatched Freddy Got Fingered because I got the DVD, and I watched the commentary. And here's some good news about the commentary. It basically confirmed everything that I thought. Tom Green really is and was a secret genius. That movie still cracks me up. But that's not the best part about it, is that Tom Green does a commentary. There's also a Rip Torn commentary. <laughs> and he is... I need you to rip this for me. Desperately. so drunk during all of this commentary. 
you don't say. <laughs> Tom Green, uh, his commentary says, uh, yeah, so I went up to Rip Torres, like, hey, there's a scene in the movie where you're supposed to bury your ass. And he was, like, really enthusiastic. He says, yeah, I've done this before. Cut to Rip Torres' commentary. Yeah, I didn't like this scene at all. And I just think it's so juvenile. The five minutes passes. Yeah, my kids really liked it, though. They, they like seeing me shake my little ass around and stuff. <laughs> like, it's kind of incredible. I want to listen to a drunk Rip Torn and watch Freddy Got Fingered so badly. <laughs> There's also a joke that made me think of Alex. Uh, uh, that's a scene where he's in the cheese factory. It's a, it's a cut scene. Uh, it's a, what does the deleted scene say of commentary for the deleted scenes? And Tom Green says he can't think of anything to say for the deleted scenes. So he starts doing the Tom Green thing where he just goes, he makes some really disgusting throat voices during the whole thing. And then you see his character fall down and kind of wreck his shit. And he, and he stops making those disgusting throat noises and say, Oh, by the way, I really busted my nuts here. Nut. <laughs> Remember that time he had MTV like follow him to get that surgery? Yes. The footage I have is vivid yeah. memories of that camera just showing his his ball just on a table like yep. yeah that's my testicle <laughs> i will never forget that as long as i yeah. live I man you remember when he young. had a talk show yes i do Des- uh, which oh, man. One? i watch that talk show every night i wonder if that's on youtube it probably is my night might have just filled up here <laughs> so yeah i love tom green in almost everything we'll get to that uh last one parker i mentioned it to you but i'm gonna mention it for alex Y'all like Adam Wingard. Boy, never say that word again. You all like Adam Wingard, right? Don't make fun of me. <laughs> I, uh, this is going to hurt my feelings, isn't it? No. Uh, this this is going to be good. Uh, first of all, I did not know that Adam Wingard, or at least I forgot that he was directing uh, Kong vs. Godzilla. Uh, you better believe it, gamer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, that my body. I have to admit, it's a bit of a coin flip. Because uh, we've had a couple clunkers from him. We had Death Note, you know, it's like, I don't know. We don't have to, but, we don't but have hey, to bring that we up. Have, We're off on a good time We still here. have Ready or Not. We still have The Guest, which I didn't know, by the way, that Ready or Not had a budget of a million dollars. That's it. He still made one of the best, home, perhaps the best home invasion movie I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, better than Halloween. Eat me. So, Dude, Your Next is a fucking treasure. That's, I'm like, going to think about I, that for the rest of That's one of those life. movies that, like, I, I just... I'm like everybody go exactly yeah movies. like if you haven't seen it it's so fun. so good. one of the other best home invasion movies i've ever seen is a french movie called uh inside or la interior um it's uh yeah. <laughs> 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 uh it's all interior but uh it's it's a pretty good movie um it's it gets pretty extreme at a couple points it is very much like ready or not or not ready or not it's a lot of like you're next it's uh it gets intense with not just blood and gore, but just like this one character who's not going to leave you alone, who comes into your house, who really wants something. Uh, I got really strong Adam Wingard vibes the entire movie, which is under 80 minutes. So, Parker, it's in your future. Listening. <gasps> and uh, better yet, the music. There's this part with the music where it kind of sounds like... And it's like it sounds like these little rat's feet in the walls, and it's... It just works so well. Yeah, I really <laughs> highly recommend this. I wasn't expecting to like this because, as you've seen, I've watched a lot of movies this week. And I kind of start to think, like, maybe I have a problem. Maybe I watch too many movies. Because sometimes you sort of start to lose focus. I just put this on as, like, background noise while I, like, you know, play some games or whatever. This movie really took all my attention. Parker, I don't know what your favorite foreign horror movies are. I'd love to hear them. But I think this one will soon be your favorite. I've been meaning to get into all those French movies from that time period, but uh, 
I watched one, and while it was good, it was a difficult watch. Oh, so... So I've been waiting to dip my toes back sounds in. Sounds like you want me to assign Mar- you a French movie. Okay, well, we'll see how the game Martyrs goes. is a good movie, but... <laughs> boy, there are scenes that make my skin crawl remembering them, and then I will remember them for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm going to assign you and, a Jean-Luc Godard movie. So, the other movies... <laughs> you don't have to do that. Uh, I can assign you the American remake of Inside, if you want to play that game. Ew! Okay, so that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, let's get into Charlie's Angels really quick. Uh, Parker and I... Let's get into one. Tom Green's talk show, because <laughs> I went to this page and I see guests... Michael Rappaport. Oh, guess well. comics Danny Bonaducci and Andy Milanakis. <laughs> oh, fuck oh, me. Okay. okay, all right. Uh, we just pause. pause <laughs> actor Rob Schneider and actress Haley Duff. Y'all, <laughs> guess what I'm yeah. doing as soon as we're done. <laughs> okay, so uh, Charlie's Angels, the 2000 version. Uh, Alex, it's been uh, some time since you've seen it, and Parker and yeah, I. It's been like a week and a half, and I got yeah. Nothing. Parker and I. <laughs> Parker and I watched uh, the 2000 version me. as well. It is not as good as we remembered. Uh, it stars Cameron Man. Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, cameo appearance by Tom Green as the Chad, which is uh, where we got most of our laughs from. And uh, also Bill Murray. Don't, uh, yeah, that's fair. When you say we, <laughs> yeah. let's uh, hang on a second. There is nary a laugh to be found on this. I mean, he's called the Chad. And Except... he refers to himself as the, in the third person as the Chad. Let me let me retrace my steps. I got a significant laugh out of Matt LeBlanc's hair in this movie. <laughs> That's really good. Oh god, but it's worse than his hair in Ed. Thanks so much, Alex. It's so powerful. I love that Ed is the gift that keeps on giving. I, of all the things I've assigned you, I'm glad that it's It's weird that. that it sticks with me like oatmeal to your ribs. Anyway, maybe it was better than you gave it credit. That's a possibility. For. You know, I never thought. Let's about revisit it. it next week. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So let's just watch all Matt LeBlanc movies next week. <laughs> oh my god! Next week's episode, Ed and Lost in Space. We are absolutely Holy doing Lost in Space. Parker, put it on the list. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's already on the mean, list. Do you mean do it next week? Because I'm in. I don't know if we have anything coming up, but uh, <laughs> unless you want to do Richard Jewell. Uh, <laughs> do not <laughs> okay so charlie's angels it starts off with ll cool j his hat does not look like a shark's fin <laughs> i am the beholder immediately Chris. we have a fucking problem with the movie with his hat uh it just looks awful that's the thing about it is i think they're going for like an austin powers sort of vibe or something uh parker can you confirm it sure felt like it yeah it was Oh my god. The director it's... is someone who's using the alias McGee, and Drew Barrymore is the producer. I want us to keep that in mind because I think a lot of the problems with this movie I want to blame on Drew Barrymore. America's sweetheart no more. That is unfair. Everyone is really pulling their weight on this movie. Yeah. In the worst yeah, way. Yeah, that's the music. This movie choice. starts with LL Cool J in full African garb. Like, that's the first thing you, you call see. call it dashiki, it's okay to actually use the word. I will not. Yeah, so, anyway. Coming out of my mouth, it will sound racist. No, that's a good point. So, <laughs> where, what, that's what I call the Iron Sheik. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, here I, We never watched the TV show Charlie's Angels, because uh, it's old, but... Uh, Speak for yourself. Okay, yeah, big fan over here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Are these characters supposed to be, like, really insulting to women? Because I feel like that's what they're doing in this. <laughs> well, compared to another installment in We'll get series. to that. We'll get to that. Okay? Oh. We 
will not jump ahead. Uh, if, if one of you watched Full Throttle, just let me know. But... I will not. I saw that in theaters. That will not happen again. I refuse. I know it's on Netflix. I will not. So let's, let's go over our characters. Drew Barrymore is a woman, I guess. Cameron Diaz is the ditzy blonde. You know what they all like, uh, the women. You know how they all think. They all really like being portrayed as stupid, right? Girl power. Dude, when the first scene of Cameron Diaz is her just dancing in her underwear, that was a real like, oh, that's why this guy. Yeah, got like, it. Oh, okay, movie, no. I got you. I know what we're doing. Get this teenage boy something to jack off to. I feel yeah, you. Okay. All right. it, Female empowerment. Now look at Lucy Liu's ass. <laughs> Fucking look you, at it. That's deep bad. up in but there. But like the the Lucy Liu stuff in here, they really want to portray her as sexy, and I and she is. She's a really. She's a very beautiful woman. I think it's fair to say that I would like to have intercourse with Lucy Liu. I think we could all say that in those exact words in public. Damn, we got I canceled again. women, Christopher. Yes. Like, I'm not going to stand for this kind yeah. of talk. However, right. they are people. They are greater than us. They skip. See you guys in two weeks. Skip, you know, <laughs> skip, you know I'm heterosexual. But, uh, like, the they sexualize her in a way, and the others, too, in ways are just awful. The, the leather-clad scene where she goes out with a whip and everything... That was, like, the most uncomfortable. Mom. I've been watching movies a long time. Just imagining some kid, like, dressed like Captain Marvel, just watching Drew Barrymore lick a steering wheel and, like, crying and clapping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Imagine Joel watching this movie and almost exploding. <laughs> <laughs> Smack my bitch up plays as he levitates in anger. Oh, my oh, God. Okay, the musical choices. This is where I blame Drew Barrymore. Oh she must have spent God. how many hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get all these musical states? That soundtrack must be like three discs. It was unbearable. The Suicide Squad-esque fucking music drops in this I movie. I really think it's worse. Like, not just worse uses of music, but, like, they keep playing. Not once. I guess we have to wait for the sequel. But not once do we hear uh, Wannabe by uh, Spice Girls. Which you think would be right there for the taking. They never go with that. Uh, <laughs> but, counterpoint, these uh, when they're at the drive-thru, and Lucy Lou's, like, reaching over, and it's just a zoom deep into her asshole as independent women is playing. <laughs> That has to be on purpose, right? <laughs> what the fuck ever, movie? Thank you so much. This movie directed by a woman, allegedly. Uh, this is... It, that's what, what was the other... What was that slasher movie I watched where it was directed by a woman, but it was like all the shots were like loving portrayals of uh, girls' nude bodies? Slumber Party Massacre, yeah, a movie I would like, much rather have watched than Charlie's Angels. I know. It's like, boy, it was just dreadful. The jokes aren't funny. Not, not a single funny joke in the entire movie, oh. but we also have to talk about the racism. Because there's a lot of racism oh, in this movie. Uh, not just... When it shows him in that fucking massage parlor oh. and they play Turning Japanese. Oh, God. Oh, They're all wearing kimonos. They're all dressed like geisha or whatever. Like, what are you fucking doing here? And that, I mean, fucking, when they played Turning Japanese, I did the exact same thing that you did. I, like, looked around. I'm in my room. The door is locked. The window's down. The curtain's drawn. The shades are all shut. And I still like looked around like no one knows I'm watching this. Okay, <laughs> I I put in headphones for this yeah. movie because it was a very embarrassing experience. Now that if that wasn't bad enough, and it was bad enough, uh, there's a scene where Cameron Diaz is dancing on that stage to "Baby Got Back." I we need to make some. Of course, there we have is. to make it I closed the movie. Clear, Baby does not have back, and in fact, the movie knows it. They play that as a joke. Look at Cameron Diaz's look at Cameron Diaz's small white ass. And then I'm like, 
oh god i've never been so uncomfortable that it cuts to all the black people watching and they're like stone silent and it was like sort of playing it as a joke like what is this white bitch doing up on stage dancing to our song i'm like well i guess at least the movie is acknowledging it and then the crowd all starts cheering go white girl go white girl go i so this movie is dude parker we talked about pre-9-11 movies and maybe it's like the closer you approach 9-11 the worst movies got I wrote down I'm we deserved it we deserved three it. different times. I wrote but. it multiple, multiple times. This like during that scene with her dancing, I was watching on my laptop. I just opened another tab because I could not was, physically look at the screen. That was so uncomfortable. It was about as bad as you can imagine. Matt LeBlanc's hair is somehow a worse offender than offender than all of it. Uh, oh, dude, when we're introduced to love interest Luke Wilson, that was a real like fuck. Oh, Should I just boy, call them now and tell them, hey, yeah. let's do something else? <laughs> This is a mistake. That was, that was just dreadful. Um, Choices were made in this movie. That's for goddamn oh, sure. Yeah. We absolutely deserve 9-11 is what I'm saying. Yeah. And this is why. <laughs> uh, you empower women one time and this is what you get. So, the, again, we talk about... Uh, what, what do women really want? Do we... Anyone know any women? Any take, Okay, I'll just do it. Okay, so I women really want, like, equal rights. Uh, they want equal pay, for example, which is why all the women in here work for a man who works for a man. So can't get through the glass ceiling but okay uh, <laughs> at, at least we managed to correct this injustice in a later well, I movie. we will get <laughs> to the later movie <laughs> i wish that y'all could have been here to see the look of horror on my face when tim curry dies halfway into the oh, movie that. i was so upset i think you said that, that you was like really just, a lot, right there are so many people in this movie that like i it's not even an issue of like, oh man, this is boring, I just checked out. Like, my brain wires are just mixed up when I try to think about this movie and what happened in it. Because all of these people are also in other movies, and I can't tell any of them apart. Yeah. <laughs> like, this movie's bad, but Tim Kerr is what I was holding on to. Because <laughs> the thing I wrote down specifically is when he's getting that massage and they make a pun about, oh, keep your hand off my staff. He just does the Nigel Thornberry laugh at the dick pun. Yeah. And that was carrying me <laughs> through like I a really solid 20 minutes. I really didn't need to hear that pun either. Oh, do you like double entendres? Hey, you, kid, with your mom watching this movie. <laughs> is this working for you? It wasn't. It fucking wasn't. Oh, it's an awful experience. Oh, the I don't scene want to talk where she's stepping all over him with her feet. Oh, God. That's that yeah. a pretty good scene. Uh, the only scene, scene I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. So I'm, it's just, I'm just glad that they got Quentin Tarantino to guest direct a scene. Really uh, classed up the movie. Uh, Parker, this is like one of my favorite almost recurring segments. But uh, So I want you to use your imagination a little bit. Cast your mind back so it's you know maybe 2001-ish or whatever. And uh, Halo, Combat Evolved, it's just come uh, out. And you're playing with your brother or friend in, uh, in the basement. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, a, and a dude, uh, Drew Barrymore, comes up to the sliding glass door and, and you knock and say, hey, let me in. I need, you know, to borrow some clothes. What would you have done? I'm camping base. No one else is here. <laughs> Do you not hear the hog, you fucking 3D? If I walk away from this controller right now, I'm going to get back and someone's going to call me the N-word. Excuse me. Excuse me. Hey, <laughs> hey, lady. Can't pause it. It's online. Go around. <laughs> fucking idiot. All right, guys. Uh, shoddy up top. Man, I have played I Halo talks so my favorite much Halo podcast. Reach this week, you guys. It has been... <laughs> Me and a co-worker, every time we pass each other, I've just looked in the eyes and went... Duh, 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 for like a week and a half now. <laughs> That's all I have going for. 
I'm just imagining Joel sitting there playing fucking whatever game does he play. I don't know, Dota or whatever. <laughs> and then a dude, Drew Barrymore, like knocks on his <laughs> knocks on his house, and then she looks up because the entire house is floating away. <laughs> yeah. Like the house is up. He's just like goodbye. <laughs> Floats away. Go next door. Be gone, thought. <laughs> <laughs> Joel is the Master Chief. I love him. What a minor note. Again, I didn't take notes on this, but I might as well. There's a lot of really wasted scenes. Scenes that don't really go anywhere. There's the scene where she's clad in leather and the two girls are dressing up as, as men for no reason at all. That's fun. Uh, they go up and the, the scanner misreads her handprint or something. Then she tries it again and it works. Why did you do that? Hey, there Chris. No reason for did you, you ever see Mission Impossible? Yeah. Hey, so did they. What if Mission Impossible and Austin Powers were the same movie? And also, we gotta get back there to... was a slow motion fight with Crispin Glover. Parker, we have to get back to your favorite subject. <laughs> the racism. Oh, hell so yeah, bitch. We have, to, we have to talk about, why do they dress as Indian belly dancers? It's a fair question, Chris. I'm afraid I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> Let's go over to our correspondent. Alex, can you explain why they dressed up in, I guess it's Lederhosen, and they did like the polka music scene? Well, well who doesn't see, love a montage? Whoever came yeah. up with this just really wants to fuck Bugs Bunny. <laughs> These are all the most Bugs Bunny-ass outfits, this whole movie. Let's be oh, real. Yeah, if Bugs Bunny were me. to dress as a woman, it would be all of these women all of the time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. They, it's so terrible, too, because, again, I I don't have a problem with, you know, girl power or whatever. I, you can I make a, a woman action movie or something. Or not Charlie's Angels, he can't. We'll get to it. But uh, <laughs> I, I this is awful. I, I, think, I think this infantilizes women. I think it's sexist against... I think it portrays women as thinking about sex constantly. And I don't think they do. I hope they do. I'd be scared. But uh, it also is very racist. Uh, there's a lot of actually racist moments in this. And I'd be afraid, if I was an interviewer, of asking Lucy Liu what she thinks of this movie. Because I hope she hasn't gone back and rewatched this. Because there's a lot of scenes specifically against her. When she's making muffins and she's bad at making muffins. Ha <laughs> that's very funny. They call them Chinese muffins or something like that. Or whatever it was. That's Why do you got to be racist against that? I don't get it. Also, no black women, so canceled. Uh, let's move on Dude, to uh, thanks Angels. fucking God, because could you imagine? <laughs> imagine <laughs> Jesus Christ! Imagine Beyonce in this. Oh my God! Look, yeah, I've seen so, Goldmember. Yeah. Like, I that yeah. one to one exists, I mean, and it is not pretty. Yeah. So, oh so here's the thing about Charlie's Angels 2019. I sat there watching Charlie's Angels 2000, and at no point did I believe that that movie was really being marketed to women. Like really, <laughs> I under I understand that you know it's a girl power movie in a lot of ways, but it's not a movie for female audiences. Do you mean like more like general audiences or something? Yeah, it's more like, hey, honey, come Remember see this movie show. with me. That's definitely for you and not for me. Like because oh, yeah. you know men have the real earning power in two thousand. Yeah. Of course, that's the way they fucking made movies back then. Like whatever, it's fine. So Charlie's Angels twenty nineteen. <laughs> This is now not... I, I, now, uh, you know what? I'm just going to hold this take. Let's start talking about the movie. So okay, we, 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 we start off with a scene where Kristen Stewart and Andrew Yang are on a balcony on some date. Hey! Uh, what? <laughs> uh, no. Should I have watched this, you guys? Look. No, he... Do the racism. It's, the, 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 it's some fucking rich guy. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Yeah. 
Um, the whole scene is, oh, she's just like, oh, I'm such a strong woman. Did you know that uh, it takes seven more seconds oh, God, for a man to know. identify a woman as a threat than another man? And, like, all this shit as she's, like, clearly, you know, you know, it's some sting operation. He's just like, I want to fuck you so bad because mm -hmm. that's what men are. So, you know, we have our, our big opening set piece. The other angels come in. There's some some moment of conflict between, like, our titular characters. They catch the bad guy. Cut to a female scientist having science mansplained to her by one of the asshole German guys from Beerfest. <laughs> okay, we're talking, we're talking. It's The whole thing is she's just like, yeah, so this is how the science works. And he just goes, actually, this is how the science works. And just, you know, dismisses her. Just, you know, this... This, this poor woman, she just she wants to be taken seriously in her workplace, but men, you know, they're just... She's the lead programmer, and some guy who doesn't do any programming is telling her how the programming works. That's what men do. Yeah. They mansplain. Speaking of men, our next scene with this character is her going through security at her job with the creepy security guard, who pats her down for no reason and tells her she should smile more often. Don't you just hate when men do that? I'm so tired already. <laughs> we're like and then five... he starts manspreading. Yeah, we're like five minutes into this movie. Fuck. And yeah. the reason that I bring all this up in rapid succession is because this is a movie that very much thinks it's for women, but it's just creating such a caricature of a woman. It would be the equivalent of if I told you that there were a movie that were coming out. Let's say that Ford vs. Ferrari were marketed, like, specifically at men. Like, this is the ultimate dude movie. Like, you gotta come see this. And you sit down to watch it, and a character stares into the camera and goes, Ah, yes, I love working on my car almost as much as I love popping a cold brew and sitting down to watch the big game. I think that's a really good way to put it, actually. That, it, it is like... Like, you kind of nailed it. It's insulting. Like, there are multiple jokes where it's like, a character will be like trying on body armor and they'll go haha finally a bra that doesn't chafe right ladies yeah, yeah here's a better one it's like there's a scene where they're like look at this closet oh my god that's like my dream closet that's like what if there was a movie where fucking tim allen goes into a sears and looks at all the barbecues and be like oh think about all the hamburgers you can grill on that uh, uh, uh. like come on but it's, it's, you're just describing king of the hill my dude <laughs> hey <laughs> that's not the way that real human beings talk if you want to have a girl power movie you're gonna to have to do better than this i i because again i think there are real issues out there you could talk about equal but i think you ought to talk about that sort of thing but you talk about women's rights women's rights to do what shoot a tank with a bazooka yes that's what you want i respect all Hell, i want that too <laughs> Uh, there's a there's a really good scene. Let's talk about Kristen Stewart because on the one hand, I think she's very easily the best. I, she's the only actress in this movie. Uh, everyone else is just a face. Uh, in the past, I haven't really liked her as an actress because she kind of gives a bizarre performance and everything. Into the Wild, I didn't like her. Uh, I haven't seen the Twilight movies, but I've heard she's not <gasps> very good. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, buddy, yeah. buddy, buddy, buddy. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 no, like, like you're not wrong. She's a good actress. In, like, in this, in this, I can tell, okay, never mind. I Maybe I was wrong, because she really is giving it her role. I've heard, I'll be respectful here towards women, uh, that she's somewhere on the spectrum. And in this, like, I, I don't know. It's not that I couldn't tell. It's like, maybe that, I, maybe feels, she's just a really good actress. It, feel, it feels, yeah. this movie feels very wooden from her to me. But, yeah. like, yeah, I, I think so. Like, it, like, It's all one note, I'll say that, but I think she hits the note really well. Sure. And, like, I don't have a problem with it, but, uh... 
Let, let's get back to what the listeners are here for. Yeah. Because can, uh, can I cut it for one second about Chris Stewart? Absolutely. That trailer for Underwater, my dude. Uh, that's a future episode. I got Did that you... in front of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I was so pumped. So I saw that. I wondered why is T.J. Miller in it? Go to Wikipedia. They shot this in 2017. Who's yep. in? Oh, Three years I'm... on the shelf for a January release. Fucking strap me right. in. I'm so ready for underwater wait. monsters. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I just want to finish something with Kristen Stewart. Is at one point she's telling him, "I was like, yeah, I spent some time in a mental hospital. I've had a really rough life." And someone says, "Wait, aren't you like the daughter of Wall Street billionaires in New York City? You have your own apartment?" And she's like, "Well, you know, mo money, mo problems." And I was just uh, Parker. All I could think about uh, was like the all, okay. all I could think about was reaction from the red letter mirror thing. Oh, oh. don't! <laughs> but don't worry, Parker, because there's a callback to that when oh. she steals a horse oh, God, and God, somebody says, God. "Wow, when did you lose? When did you learn to ride a horse?" And she looks at them and says, "Mo money, more horses." Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. So. Imagine being in a theater for this. So, oh, in, my, in, oh my god. Well, mercifully for me, my theater was basically empty, except for three drunk dudes who clearly snuck into the movie like 20 minutes in and then left five minutes later. Like, nah, we're going to sneak into another movie instead. Fuck this. Which is absolute king move. But, yeah. uh, so this is probably a good point to mention that the, uh, the guy who's in charge of the agency at the beginning of the movie, and spoilers, ultimately the bad guy, is none other than one Patrick Stewart. From Star Trek, Parker. Yeah, that guy. Fuck, man. <laughs> because why wouldn't, why wouldn't he be in Fuck. As yeah, boy, he, talk about an old voice. Can we talk about every woman's ideal platonic gay friend that we meet in this oh, movie? Oh, Jesus no. fucking Christ. The, what's, the, what's guy, the, the guy the guy that... name again? I, I don't Saint, fucking know. Saint, Saint. His name is Saint. Isn't he such a Saint? Yeah. Is one of the things that they yeah. do in the movie. Because oh, he, makes, he, oh. makes he makes them all like wonderful, healthy smoothies. And when he meets the, the one scientist girl who's joining the oh, angels, God. like he's, oh, he's like, hey, there's something wrong with your posture. And like reaches his hands out and goes, wait, do you consent to being touched? And then he massages her. No, he like cracks her back and like chiropractic yeah. sort of thing. It was like, which by the way, pseudoscience. And the other thing, the, the like the manufacturing. Oh, you know what those women consent. love, right? <laughs> God, fucking! I, it was just embarrassing. Do I hate Elizabeth Banks now? Uh, you probably you should, should after this movie. Yeah. God Almighty. Because she was just dreadful, and she she acted in this too, right? She was she, one of those. Yeah, she was, she, in she was the one that they tease for like fifteen minutes that she's the bad guy, and then oh no, just kidding. There would never be. Oh, the one I forgot guy. about. Right, Actually, it's Patrick Stewart who's been the bad yeah. guy all along. We get yeah. the uh, the Asian guy from the opening scene comes back, and his character is just a one-note horny character. Like, Present. He just he just shows up and is like, God, I want to fuck you, Kristen Stewart. I have to go now. Bye. That's He's so bad. To, yeah. to engage on his war on normal people. Okay, so uh, here's one of the other things about it is... Again, I'm a guy. I'm a normal guy. I'm just a regular crazy guy. But uh, when you talk about what women want, I don't know that they all want to be portrayed by supermodels in these movies. This is what gives women a poor body image. All these women are stick thin and super athletic, and they've got this you know, fucking bouncing hair, this like very detailed, very expensive makeup. And then they all, in the middle of the third act, they start dancing like it's a fucking that Madagascar That fucking God. impromptu dance scene where they walk into the party unprompted and do a synchronized dance routine to Donna Summer's Bad Girls. That broke my will to I watch this I want to kill movie. myself. Yeah. Like, to be clear, up to this point, I was not having a good time because 
even the action scenes in this, they remind me of the Kingsman two action scenes in that they're it's they're extremely oh, yeah. they're extremely close up. There's a ton of jump cuts. It hurts your fucking head to watch. Like it's so clear that everything is just patched together. It looks like fucking shit. And I mean, the other thing is like it's it's a motion thing. It's, things are constantly moving. There's no start and stop to stuff like this. And it, I, what's a what's a good way to put this? If you ever watch like uh, Looney Tunes, a Bugs Bunny, we were talking about them just earlier. There's a lot of start and stop to this sort of thing. Roadrunners, another thing. That's what keeps you interested. If you're just constantly moving, there's no there's no uh, interest in any of these action scenes. They look just god awful. It's it is a truly truly dire movie but i don't think that's the worst part i think the worst part here has to be the writing the writing is just dreadful the way that these characters talk to each other alex do you like quips because i miss quips after this because these are not quips these aren't even jokes these are you know what i'm gonna have to do it this is fucking ghostbusters 2016 again because this is just like, oh, wait, I was talking about this, but you were talking about, oh, maybe we should do that. And uh, wait, do you remember Birdman? Remember fucking Birdman? <laughs> the fucking do that. The, the, remember that? The movie, Birdman the cartoon, scene. or the rapper? No, the the, there were two movies. Oh. There was a Birdman of Alcatraz, which had Burt Lancaster. Oh, but wait, oh, there was yeah, a Yeah, there was Keaton a Burt Lancaster just... joke in this movie. How could I forget? Man, I was yeah, joking. This fucking sucks. <laughs> they were just going on and on and there's like wait is that supposed to be humorous at one point okay here's a good point there's like there are points where a joke can be made like there's a scene where it's it's a very beginning uh kristen stewart (laughs) is just like uh standing on the balcony she's gonna do or whatever and one of the other girls just pushes her off and then she looks at the camera smiles and says that was fun if she had said nothing and not even like made a face, that would have been like the funniest scene in the movie by a long shot. Low bar would have clear, been great. but what I'm saying is, women need to keep their mouths shut. I cut that too. Oh, so, <laughs> so, so, Chris, I gotta ask: Did uh, did your uh, did your fucking pirated copy of this movie have the mid credit scenes? The what? Uh, oh, oh, the scenes I'm were so just kept glad on going? I get to tell you about these. Oh God, uh, Parker! <laughs> Fuck, man. Go ahead. So the entire mid-credit scenes, you know, spliced in and out of the credits as they're going, are you know the the new girl who's been who's getting to join the angels, and it's it's all a training montage of her at angel school, where we find out some of the angels. Sounds like an anime game. <laughs> she she gets driver training from Danica Patrick, who is an angel. She gets mixed martial arts training from Ronda Rousey. Who is also an angel? Fuck! 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 fuck they fuck, go up fuck, in a plane because they have to do skydiving, and all the recruits are standing around. And Elizabeth Banks is giving them instructions, like, like, all right, you guys, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg did this back in 2002, and one of them goes, looks into the camera, and goes, "Wow, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's an angel." Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, dude. Kill me. You know what's one of the weird things in in that scene is uh, one of the women who's in, like, the full army gear and all the parachute and stuff like that was actually the woman who was pointing and smiling in the Abu Ghraib pictures. (laughs) She's an angel. Angels, you know Sandy Hook didn't really happen, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I made that joke. Uh, So, do we want to talk about the one with the bombs? Because you forgot to mention one of the angels, Alex. Go ahead, buddy. I'll let you do was the it, honors. Was it the angel RuPaul? Fuck, man. Fuck. 
Fuck, I man. Yeah, Fuck. I did forget one, didn't I? I hate this. I hate it. I hate this movie. Because <laughs> we're in favor of something. It sounds good. So, uh, Damn, I, shame I missed are, it. Yeah. I, I, I wish you had been there, buddy. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so just to hear your reaction to, whoa, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's an angel? Like I yeah. would have had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. I, boy, how it that is, was just... Let, listen... If you don't like this movie, it doesn't make you sexist. Don't worry. This movie fucking blows. And if you do like this movie, thanks for listening. I, uh, yeah, if you do like this movie, I don't know what you're doing listening to us, but uh, yeah. thanks for the plus like, one by Charlie's, this podcast. Yeah. Charlie's Angels 2000 is bad, but it has Drew Barrymore wearing that Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt where his hands are rattlesnakes. So uh, Here's the thing. I, oh, Actually, we forgot to mention Tom Green. Let's talk about Tom Green in uh, 2000 Charlie's Angels. We almost Angels, made it. Save and Grace we yeah. almost made it. <laughs> I, I have to admit, the, you know, watching it, the first time I saw him, he's just like, the Chad? You Was the Chad the problem? And she says, yeah. And then he just sort of dives into the water because he's getting no direction. And uh, he comes back later in the movie. And I have to admit, I liked him the second time because he's calling her Starfish. Where are you going, Starfish? Where are you going for a swim, Starfish? The Chad? The Chad is excellent? No, only the Chad drives the boat. And I don't know what he's doing. And clearly no one else on screen has any idea what the fuck he's doing. Because, again, he's getting no direction. But G is clearly just pulled a Bigfoot right now and just kicking her feet up and smoking a cigar. But uh, I, I don't know. It kind of unnerved me. It was, like, so different from everything else that was going on. It was so unmanifest. It was original. It was different from everything else. So uh, I'd, I think I'd still take the 2019 Charlie's Angels. I, uh, that's a choice because uh, this is now is probably a good time to mention that you get to see eighty-year-old Patrick Stewart in a fist fight with a woman. <laughs> Spoilers: He loses. Yeah, because women have power and and they can. This is our big female <laughs> empowerment movie where we kick the shit out of Patrick Stewart. Got him. Yeah. Women rule. <laughs> This is my fight song. <laughs> Kick the shit out of this old man. Take back my red song. Man, movies fucking suck. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not a slave to a pog that doesn't exist. I there is the There is so much of Beer Fest Guy in this movie. And it oh, owns... God. Why does he keep coming back? What's the fucking deal? <laughs> Actually, now we only make third greatest beer in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Bosley number two. You're just as good as Bosley number one. <laughs> I want to read. I want to read a review that I saw. Not on Letterboxd, Not on Twitter. So. Another bad sign I found. Uh, contender for worst trailer relative to movie in 2019, Charlie's Angels wears its girl power on its sleeve, and oh. that's just fine with me. Such things always seem a little old-fashioned to me, but then I look up and see all the bros in gators spamming the internet with their misogyny, and I think, yeah, we're still there. Fight on, angels. Spy comedies are totally my jam. So though Liz Banks' flick is all the usual tropes, the race for the MacGuffin, the mole... Pl- oh, we forgot. The plot is they have to get the disc. There are no... Cool. Uh, that's always exciting. <laughs> they, have, they have to get yeah. the disc to stop... Uh, yeah. Uh, Elon Musk question mark uh, yeah creepy Elon Musk I don't care I, like uh, I said that's just a rope on which to hang action and comedy on the action front it's got some very good fights if sometimes cut a little finely and fun infiltration shenanigans Parker say the say the 
Hey, Fargo, what's the restaurant you love blowing goofy shit on the wall? (laughs) (laughs) I like they're like, like, yeah, we're there. It's like, uh, clearly not, bitch. I saw your box office. It's the worst part, and it's genuinely funny. Kristen Stewart's character especially. It's not just how she's written, but the little something she briefly performs, but she's not alone. Patrick Stewart, Luis Gerardo Mendez, Sam Claflin, and Banks herself also had some fun moments. False. Paying tribute to past iterations of the Angels. Oh, God. that's They photoshopped Patrick Stewart into the oh, 1970s God, I forgot about that scene. He's iteration like of the Charlie's Angels where he has a fake mustache. And he says, that's not it, guys, because he has, like, a heart attack. Anyway, and uh, they also put him into the McGee version, you know, the good one. They <laughs> sure did. Made a shitload more money, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I it, forgot all allowing, about that Photoshop montage, man. Just the right dash of camp to the proceedings, the movie also expands on the world in a way that reminded me of John Wick. I turn to my fuck. I okay. turn to my okay. parentheses female neighbor in the theater to ask, "Are you an angel?" Fun stuff. <laughs> Stay through the. End. <laughs> oh, Stay through man. the. Okay. If somebody Stay asked th- me that, I would pepper spray them. <laughs> Stay through the end credits for a string of amusing cameos. So after I post, after I read this on a different website, I uh, <laughs> just felt like I had to read it to you guys. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. I was in a good mood. Now yeah. I'm feeling the, whatever this is. But it's also, one last thing about this is the movie's pretty manipulative about it because uh, one of the three musket angels is uh, the <laughs> lead the three amigos. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's uh, the lead programmer. She's the one who's told to smile more often. And we know that you graduate first in your class at MIT and you take Krav Maga on Sundays and you go Paris. Well, I don't know. All the fucking things that she does. She is one of the ones who gets uh, recruited by the angels. So you see any one of you watching this movie right now could be an angel. Yeah. That's, if you uh, go to MIT. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you take Krav Maga on Sundays. Oh, God. And if you're a fucking supermodel, like every single woman in this movie, they're all the most conventionally attractive women, you know, wispy, thin uh, waist and everything like that. Yeah, uh, female empowerment. Chris, you realize the alternate universe where they don't have all supermodels has Rebel Wilson as an angel, right? Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up. up. I was going to let it go. Because, like, Elizabeth Banks directed one of those Pitch Perfect movies. That's one phone call, and she's there. So I just want to close this with a question for Parker. I don't know. She's pretty busy these days. Yeah, No shit, dude. (laughs) Parker, what did you think about uh, Wrinkle in Time? Oh, God. That's a good fucking question. (laughs) Do you still like women? (laughs) God, I haven't thought of a Wrinkle in Time since five minutes after it ended. Yeah. Anyway, uh, women's rights are important and uh, treat people with respect. And uh, are uh, you Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> women out there, if any of these guys are bothering you, my DMs are open. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I can get pretty quickly through this because we covered a lot of the stuff that I watched already. Yeah. Um, I'm going to briefly touch on this because it's in my notes and it made me laugh really, really right, hard. Ask for consent before you touch uh. on it. <laughs> I... Listen, I'm not going to fact check this. I could be wrong. I don't care. That said, I got home from work one day last week and you know, I was just I just felt like watching a Connery Bond movie. So I put on Dr. No, which I have not seen in a long time. Oh. Now, I'm not going to talk about it very much because you pretty much know how you feel about Bond at this point. Like it's you know, that opinion's kind of baked in. 
the beginning of this movie is the assassination of a couple British agents at their outpost in Jamaica by these three these three guys these three Jamaicans that are pretending to be blind and then you know they do assassination stuff and then James Bond comes in now I bring this up for one reason and one reason only so it takes place in Jamaica right so in mm-hmm. theory everyone there is black uh uh-uh. I'm 95% sure the assassins were two black guys and one white guy in blackface <laughs> oh no <laughs> and i was fucking dying <laughs> i was not expecting that to be how my day home from work started but there we were and it's all i've been able to think about for a week of just like you couldn't just find a third guy <laughs> really <laughs> so- man do I need to watch Doctor Doom this week? <laughs> I, this is just watch like the first five minutes. It's on Prime. Just tell me, tell me I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, that's fine because I could be I'm, wrong. But it's all I'm I glad see. that we did in fact get to blackface. I wasn't kidding. <laughs> all right, let's see what else is on this list. Um, okay, I uh, now I had seen. I believe this is the only movie in this quote-unquote franchise that I had not seen. Because I've seen the Jason Statham ones, and I've seen the sequels to the Jason Statham one, and I've seen the one from the 70s, but I watched Death Race 2000, which... ah, Boy, that's a movie. Party. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Parker, have you seen this? I don't think I've seen that one. So, the plot of the movie is, uh... You know, the, the more recent Death Races are, like... You know, oh, these people have to race, and the winner that doesn't die gets out of prison or whatever. Like, they're all convicts, and they're being forced against their will. This is a movie where this, like, dystopian American future, where they do this race once a year, and you win the race by running over civilians on your way across the country. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's very much like B-movie gore of people getting hit by cars and head explosions. You know, exactly what you want in that department. Our lead character is played by David Carradine in a gimp suit. Okay, adding to Q. We've got a uh, a very young, pre-Rocky but with the accent Sylvester Stallone as his biggest rival driver who is doing, like, a 30s gangster from Chicago impression the whole time. Yes. Uh, There are Nazis. Because, of course, there are. No, it's okay. They die. It's fine. All right. Um, This movie is a lot of fun. It's pretty short. It's one of the most ham-fisted fucking things I've ever seen. Like, you know what's bad? Violence. You know what else is bad? The media. You know what's the worst, though? America. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those movies, but it's yeah. a lot of fun. You, you you live with it. And, and this is... It's not a strong recommend, but it's... It's pretty up there. It's a pretty solid movie. I don't think you can... Uh, I don't think you can complain about watching this one. Alright, what else do I have here? Ah, yes. It is time for our feature presentation. My good friend Parker had me watch Urban Legend this week. Oh my god, I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Right. <laughs> the best genre of movies is absolutely everything that came out right after Scream that was just trying to copy it. That six years is the most magical period in history. It's 
This this fucking cast is just Jared Leto, Tara Reid, and everyone that was ever on a CW show. <laughs> like, seeing like is that Lex Luthor from Smallville, and then him it, being it, like right? the third build person. You're like, oh fuck, it, this movie. <laughs> it took me almost an hour to figure out where I knew him from, and I was like, oh yeah, he didn't have hair on that. Got it. Cool. <laughs> so good. When we get that fucking scene with Dawson's Creek's Joshua Jackson turning on his shitty car, and you just hear two seconds of, I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. It sucks so bad. It's, I love that it. movie knows exactly who it's for, and it's this guy. It's uh, you and me, and no one else. It's, it's just... It's just unearned twist after unearned twist as this fucking movie with an incredible premise just runs it into the fucking ground. When they go to the fucking library and they find the book of urban legends <laughs> and they tease the fact that the the gang initiation with the car with his headlights off is going to be a core plot point in this fucking movie. <laughs> the look of absolute joy on my face. The best is the killer reveal when you just run it back in your head and you're like, wait, what? It's not physically possible. She weighs no 85 yet. pounds. <laughs> it's so, so, so fucking unearned. Roll like, so hard. I, you're just sitting there like, Oh, well, maybe Jared Leto's the killer. Maybe Robert England's the killer. Maybe the killer's the shitty janitor guy who I think was on 24 once. <laughs> like, you know, we got this cast of all these hot young teens. What are we missing? And then someone across the room yells, you, got, you guys have a sassy black woman yet? And then dollar <laughs> signs light up in her eyes. <laughs> the fucking climax of this movie, which I am going to explain in the most bare bones way possible. Like, so, you know, the killer's revealed. She's got the, the, main, the main girl, like, tied up in this room uh our sassy black cop figures out college cop sorry let me rephrase finds out what the problem is goes to the station to get the gun because she's just a college cop like she doesn't like carry a gun all the time goes in gets disarmed by the bad guy gets shot and is, is lying on the ground bleeding out and then produces a second gun from thin air <laughs> and shoots the bad guy <laughs> fucking oats the bad guy who is delivering her entire monologue via PowerPoint. Correct. <laughs> Just a slideshow of fact, pictures. There is a PowerPoint in this ab abandoned building where she's about to do, and I quote, the urban legend where the guy goes home from the bar and gets his kidney stolen. I love that the movie runs out of urban legends. <laughs> it just reuses them. There's like four. It's... This movie is... Did you ever hear the one about the old lady who tried to dry her dog in the microwave? Like, oh my God. No, I haven't, movie. What the fuck everything, are you talking about? Everything at that party scene, our intro to the fucking party scene is the small dog being given a beer bong. That's so fucking good. And then when the fucking killer calls the guy hosting the party, he's like, oh, I know this one. Yeah, you're upstairs in the house, but j joke's on you, I'm not a babysitter. And he goes, wrong urban legend. Have you heard the one about the old lady that tries to dry her dog in the microwave? He goes downstairs, the microwave's beeping, opens it up, and there's just an exploded dog in it. I'm a big fan of, there's a whole scene where they're just in a class with Robert England taking a class on urban legends, question mark. How much money did they pay to have this old man tell him, well, actually the kid from the life box isn't dead. Cool, there's 20 grand. 
I I was very happy that of all the fucking unexplained things in this movie, that one got an explanation. When they were just like, oh, he's the one witness to this spree of murders 25 years ago, so they just let him work here and do whatever he wants. <laughs> and what he wants to do is teach a class on urban legends. <laughs> fucking imagine paying 20 grand to have someone bring you up onto the middle of the room to eat. <laughs> pop rocks and coke in front of your friends like oh sick thanks man i'll be paying this off till i'm 45 but also oh, if this were a real class i would 100 percent oh take my it, god so. a heartbeat what a fucking great movie that is that is a fucking treat thank you for that absolutely treat. can't uh, wait to revisit it next year when we do a full episode on it yeah there's a your, lot to talk about. Uh, your generosity will be remembered in the game of games. Oh, Don't you worry. Yes. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I can't remember what it is. So, Parker, you just go ahead. And if it comes okay. to me, I'll bring it up. All right. So here's the thing, Chris. Uh-oh. Totally forgot to watch Brazil. <laughs> you know, the good movie you assigned me. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't forget to watch The Snow Queen. All right. Did not forget. I was mentioning it enough times for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you. You really drove it home to make sure I watched it. And I did. Yeah. Thank you so much. So the version on 2B TV that you told me to watch does in fact have the live action <laughs> opening with this old man with a Santa finger puppet just giving presents to children like a solid eight minutes before this fucking thing even starts. <laughs> just this old-ass man explaining to these children who the author of the book is. Now, Chris, as I've learned from you tonight, you're a big fan of letting the audience know the author of the book that's being adapted, so this must have yeah. meant a lot to you. Yeah, it's important. Now, when I realized that this uh, three-inch tall little old man named Old Dreamy was going to cut in every five minutes and explain this cartoon I was watching. I briefly considered Suicide by Cop, I'll be honest. <laughs> these fucking dead-eyed children getting into these shenanigans. Like, I don't know what the plot is. Like, the little boy gets kidnapped, and then the girl goes to save him. And that's the movie. That's the whole thing. There's you definitely hit there. upon the fact that they're dead-eyed. So, here's the thing about it, is after the Kamis uh, released it, everyone was praising its animation. Hayao Miyazaki, it who looks makes movies like shit! He what really, we... really likes this. This looks I, awful. I hate it. I know. I, I think the one thing that everyone keeps praising is the animation for the titular Snow Queen. Uh, it's just an old lady in a white dress. Fuck yourselves. Wait, so when you watch it, you didn't say, damn, look at those crystals? <laughs> Some real high-res crystals. <laughs> like, uh, nothing but happens. But they really do have dead little eyes, don't Nothing they? happens, nothing happens, song. Nothing happens, nothing happens. <laughs> then the robbers show up, and I'm like, oh, I see. Thank you, movie. Let me just adjust my brightness here so I can see their faces. Interesting way to animate this. <laughs> Weird that the only villains in this movie are so dark except for their eyes. Thank you again, 50s animation. Really, really outdoing yourselves. I, I just want to call attention to the fact, imagine watching this in the field home, you know, fires roaring in the fireplace, those falling outside. Your dad says, I watched this when I was a kid. And the last thing he says to you before he just shoves that VHS into the player is, turn off your Game Boy. Oh, you could <laughs> fucking pry my phone out of my hands. I 
could not st- it was like a fucking child I could not stare at the screen for longer than 30 seconds I've never been so bored like I've watched absolute garbage I've watched Mike Myers in a cat suit made out of human hair <laughs> I've sure seen have. things but like this is just the most boring fucking thing I've ever seen but the good news is A it was short it's only 68 minutes it felt I could have watched The Irishman three times in what this felt like <laughs> But also, and more importantly, <laughs> uh, it was nowhere near as bad as like the Star Wars Holiday Special, El Super Beast. Uh, I got something out of those. Like, I have nothing. To, I watched an hour of this. There's nothing to say. Hey, Chris, you know what's really fucking annoying? Voice acting so in the fifties. Oh, that too. <laughs> the oh, most shit. stilted. Why are you being so mean to me? Just that piercing. There, there was a, a line that stuck with me and my brother. It's towards the end, which. Just shout out to our bravery and heroism and staying awake to the end of this movie. Is that the climax where Gerda, I guess? Yeah, Gerda that's a name. Saves uh, Kay. Kay is the name of the boy. Uh, first of all, she says his name is Kay the entire movie. Oh, and does she, she ever? Kay. Yeah, and she has to save him from the Snow Queen. And then she says, leave us alone. Because I guess the, the actor is trying to match up their words with like the mouths on screen, which... The quality is so bad, you can't even see the mouths. You don't. You can just fake it. Yeah, for we me. didn't have that figured it, out back then, apparently. But like the fucking, I think my favorite part about all of it is that uh, the uh, the way that she sounds when she says it, it sounds like she's saying, "Leave us." Uh, well, what should I say here? Uh, alone, and it just sounds <laughs> awful. And meanwhile, it, when it cuts back to the Snow Queen's face, she's just kind of looking like, "What the fuck." And then she just has a face that's just like, what am I even doing in this? Okay, hurry up. You guys go ahead. It was all a dream. There you go. It was just... Like, every nothing happens, and then it just cuts back to this little old man going, Oh, and then winter came! And then we just go back to the same <laughs> fucking bullshit. And then these birds start singing, and this fucking deer start... Oh, my God, dude. It's, uh... What I'm saying is it's pretty good. It's The longest classic. hour of my life. Which brings me to my next point, Christopher. Uh-oh. As you said, you're a big fan of Steve Martin, correct? <laughs> no. Oh, buddy. Hey, Chris. Oh, what did you do? What's the color that uh, NFL players have to wear during Breast Cancer Awareness Month? It's pink. Oh, no, you watch a Pink Panther? Uh, I didn't. Oh. You're going to. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you... Dominic, you rat. Thanks again. The spiciest keychain. <laughs> Appreciate it. I mean, I have a backup pick, but it's not the Harley Quinn cartoon, and it's significantly worse. So you can take this out, but you will not like it. I will take this out because I'm curious. I want no, you to no safe me. spaces, starring Adam Carolla and Dennis Prager. Enjoy. Oh man, <laughs> no safe spaces. Adam Carolla and Dennis Prager. Okay, I I might watch both. So here's the thing about the Pink Panther is. Um, uh, the Pink Panther is actually kind of a remake. They, there was a version in the 60s or something that my dad really liked. And then he saw there was a version with Steve Martin. And he, as we have said so many times, went nuclear. He was <laughs> very bad. That's the, the second beard nerd is here, and he is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> the other one I saw where he went really mad was uh, the remake of Cheaper by the Dozen. Uh, Cheaper oh, by Jesus the Dozen's a Christ. Cheaper by the Dozen's a really good book. If you ever actually uh, give it some time, you should read the book. It, 
It's great. Anyway, they decided they would make a, a family comedy movie with Steve Martin taking care of 12 kids is pretty tough. And he finds a way. And it, it just looks awful. Got so my dad was yeah. just so furious. He's like, you should read that book. I'm like, dad, I've read it twice. <laughs> I got so, 15 minutes into that movie at a friend's house where I was like, I got, I got homework, actually. <laughs> yes. No Fuck safe spaces. Huh? What kind right. of friend puts that on? Yeah, that's a good they question. They were a much more religious household. Uh, okay. A lot yeah, of, lot kind of, of family like comedies. A lot of family comedies uh, in that house. Yeah, I'm sure you watched some good movies. A lot of Steve Martin. <laughs> Oh, fuck me. Okay, so here's the thing about Kong Skull Island that really made me think. So we live in this awful time where we just can't go a week without talking about, like, what does this director think about Marvel movies? What is cinema? All this. And, like, you look at Skull Island that has a million problems. Like, you have all of these characters. They're all one-note and terrible. The Suicide Squad levels of music drops. Oh, yeah. Just the same. Oh, we're in a jungle. You know what song to queue up. Yeah. But none of that Do matters. Do they really have both fun and games? Sha-na-na-na-na, <laughs> dude. <laughs> but, like, it has a million issues. Like Run Through the Jungle, actually. It's, instead of Welcome to the Jungle. Which is worse, like, actually. But it's like sorry. every awful mainstream popcorn movie. But then a giant ape throws a tree through a helicopter. And you're oh, like, oh, oh yeah, none of these conversations work, about cinema matter. Because a giant ape throws a tree through a helicopter. So what I'm saying is, let's stop having these discussions. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. I do not care what Martin Scorsese thinks about these movies. Watch more movies with giant animals in them. Yeah. Or regular-sized animals, honestly. Yeah, Chris. Unless it's Ed. (laughs) Or, you know, little people playing animals on minor league baseball teams. You know, whatever. Sorry, come again? That wasn't (laughs) a real animal? (laughs) Did you just call dwarves animals? <laughs> I said little people playing animals, but uh, you go with whatever you wanted to hear. I, I'm offended on someone's behalf. I'm not sure who. Uh, Barker, what else did you watch? Quick, get us out of this. Oh, sorry. Okay, so Christmas time is here, Chris. Which means it's time for Silent Night, Deadly Night, oh, yes. Pause 3. A movie that I found out exists. Here's how this opens. There's a woman in a white room. And there's this dude strapped to a gurney. And he's like, you can see he's got this little helmet attached to his head. It's see-through so you can just see his brain. It's basically like this fucking fishbowl, right? So she gets, he gets up and he starts chasing her. He's trying to kill her. And then she's running away. And then she sees Santa and she's like, oh shit, Santa, help me. And then he runs away, and then she turns the corner chasing him, and then he's just sitting there like a mall store Santa. So she goes to sit on his lap to make a wish, and then the Santa pulls out a knife, and then she wakes up. It's the first six minutes of this movie. Uh, That sounds magical, actually. So we find out, like, oh, this girl who had this dream is actually doing these sleep studies. Also, she's blind, and also she's clairvoyant and keeps having visions. And by visions... (laughs) I mean stock footage from the first movie. <laughs> now, uh, we also find out that the person that she was seeing, the guy with the weird fishbowl head, is actually in that, that place with her. And it's supposed to be Ricky, the killer from the second movie. But no one knows where that actor went. So it's just Bill Mosley with a giant Mojo Jojo-ass helmet on. <laughs> She's picked up from the hospital by her brother, which I learned five minutes later is Leo Johnson from Twin Peaks, who looks oh. exactly like all of the members of Metallica from 1989 in one person. Oh. 
It oh, is yes. the silliest curly long metal hair I've ever seen. I love it. And then nothing happens for like 85 more minutes except a couple kills. Like the first paragraph of the Wikipedia summary is exponentially better than everything else in the movie. It has such powerful renting from Blockbuster blindly in 1997 energy. It's not good. And uh, now I can't can't say I haven't watched it, so good job, me. Yeah, <laughs> Got good it. job. Made a lot of powerful discoveries. Sometimes you see something, you're like, well, I should check this out. And then you realize you've been looking on your phone for about 60 minutes. Good job. Those are mistakes we all make sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, not all of us. Uh, I'm sorry, how many three-hour movies did you watch this week, and how many would you recommend? <laughs> <laughs> recommend The Irishman. Uh-huh. Let's see, I can breeze through these. Rewatched Ready or Not last night. Good choice. S- still great. Yeah. We did Lake Placid last episode. Rewatched Crawl tonight before we recorded. Still great. Then I watched a movie to tie into Lake Placid, a little film from the sci fi channel called Lake Placid vs. Anaconda. What? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> so Robert England's like the biggest star in this movie by a significant margin. That came out in 2015. He has an eye patch and a hook hand. Sounds really Yes. Alright. Okay, so obviously this movie isn't like good, good. But you know what you want in this movie? You want a bunch of people to get eaten by giant animals. So when like 15 minutes in, you're introduced to a sorority, you know what's going to happen. And you just start wringing your hands like Birdman, like, oh fuck, it's coming. It's like two vehicles full of sorority sisters hazing freshmen. And they just keep getting eaten by crocs for like 85 minutes. <laughs> and then the giant anaconda shows up and squeezes the croc so tight it explodes like a balloon. <laughs> Wait, so why is the crocodile just named Lake Placid? Is that, well, you see. Is that the name that they gave it to him? <laughs> there's a plot, and it has to do with the specific crocodiles from Lake Placid. If they inseminate the anaconda from the anaconda movies and they have little babies something about its genetics fountain of youth question mark i don't oh what it is i rewound it three times and then just like yeah i'm not i give up not worth it fountain of youth leads to infinite giant crocodiles the lady says (laughs) baby crocodona (laughs) crocodas i'm sorry i I was gonna say crocodile is that like madonna yo is she (laughs) an angel I, I just, Are you an angel? <laughs> I love so much when I hear the, the the phrase sci-fi channel movie because it immediately calls back both Ghost Shark, a movie that fucks, and Croc Hawkins. <laughs> I, almost, I almost watched Ghost Shark again. Dude, I, I, I think I'm going to be watching Ghost Shark again this week. It's so good. The final set piece of this movie is a giant croc battling a snake, of course. He gets the snake in its mouth and hurls it up into the sky where it lands in a helicopter's rotors and causes it to crash. Another snake eats our main character who then lights a grenade from inside of it and blows up the snake from the inside. It is exactly what you think it is. (laughs) If that movie sounds good to you, it's good. If that movie sounds awful, that is also correct. Let me see. How many do I have here? Okay, okay. Okay, I should want to talk about these. I'll skip those. So I watched a movie called Undisputed that I didn't know existed. Skip. (laughs) Directed by Walter Hill, 
Oh, oh, I think I've seen this. I had no idea. Motherfucking, like... It's a boxing movie in prison with Wesley Snipes and Ving Rhames. Correct. And no one in my life told me this existed. The opening scene of this movie where we're like, you know, setting the tone for everything is, is Wesley Snipes walking out to a boxing ring while Master P and the No Limit Soldiers are all getting the crowd hyped up. Oh my god. It is so fucking good. I was reading the trivia. Walter Hill said... Let me see the quote here. He always wanted to make a boxing film, being a fan of the sport since he was young. Some say Hollywood movies that are made about boxing are just metaphors for other things. And I think I've made one that's just about boxing and not a metaphor. Which means Walter Hill lives his life by the classic phrase, I know writers who use subtext, and they're all cowards. (laughs) (laughs) And the motherfucker's like, no, it's a boxing movie. What's it about? These two guys beat the shit out of each other. And then the credits roll. It is really good. I like bet. Walter Hill's good. Like, prime Wesley Snipes right before, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> everything yeah. goes poorly for him. A lot of early 2000s rap. A lot of No Limit Soldiers. It is... And any amount of Ving Rhames is going to make me happy. Wesley Snipes is in prison because he came home, found his somewhat, found his wife with another man, and then beat that man to death with his bare hands, which, Christopher, are lethal weapons. Oh, well. <laughs> he gets conaired into prison. And then just spends a decade just beating the shit out of people because <laughs> he's serving a life sentence it is it is real fucking good so P- parker close your eyes uh-huh if i told you there was a sequel to this movie that came out in 2006 who would you guess that the leads are buddy if you don't think i have all three of those sequels on my hard drive right now. <laughs> i clicked without the main characters saw the main character and immediately was like okay yeah this is happening. yeah Oh, I will be yeah. reporting back shortly. I'm so excited. I, <laughs> I might have to jump in on Undisputed 2 with Michael Jai White and Scott Adkins. I, my body <laughs> was made for that movie to exist. Now, oh, Chris, you were a big fan of Society, right? Really. Not not the concept, the movie. I know we all live in one. But I, don't, I don't know if I'd say I was a big fan, but I... That movie I made an impression on you. Yes, it did. <laughs> Brian Eisner also made another film around this time. A film called Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. Oh, what the fuck? Hey, you know what's not in Silent Night, Deadly Night 4? A single Santa Claus. (laughs) This entire movie uh... is about a coven of witches and a lot of insect-based body horror. The first scene... You know there's going to be a lot of of body horror with this director. It is. Disgusting. (laughs) The first... The opening scene of this movie is Clint Howard rummaging through the trash and then seeing a woman on fire getting pushed off the top of a building. Question, does he still have the hair from the wraith? Absolutely not. Time was not kind to him. Like, like we set it up, like, she's investigating what happened to this woman, and then she starts meeting weird people, and then the whole last hour is just a series of her, like... Passing out, waking up, not knowing if it's a dream, getting these weird rituals performed on her, and just... When it got to the point where uh, a giant larva is inserted into her vagina and then comes out of her mouth as a full-grown roach, and then she pukes, and then fucking Clint Howard picks up the giant roach, slices it in half, and drops all the guts on her face. I was like, you know, where is Santa Claus? I feel (laughs) like we took a name... There's like one scene on Christmas where she goes to talk to these people and they just yell at her for being Jewish. I'm like, alright, well I guess oh, that's the movie we're movies. getting. It is... Whew. 
It's a lot. It is a lot of bugs. It is quite disgusting. I don't know why it exists. But it does. Only one more left to go. Hopefully I'll get to it this week, or I'll never watch another one of these. Two things. One super quick, one I'm very excited to share with you. So obviously after Knives Out, I felt the urge to watch Clue. Still absolutely slaps. Like, no shock there. I love Clue with all my heart. Oh, yeah. But this week, a movie came out called Grand Isle. A mm. southern gothic neo-noir starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, Ooh. I haven't gotten to this yet. Nicolas Cage is going full Cameron Poe once again. <laughs> he sure is. You know who else is doing that? One Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> doing his best foghorn leghorn as he interrogates this poor kid this movie kind of fucks like it's better than primal that's for sure like it, yeah, it almost it, feels like exactly a real movie like there's an actual plot you know what? i need to download this before it's, i forget like so the cold open is like some dude breaks into nick cage's house and nick cage just straight up fucking murders him in the middle of the night so he pays this guy down on his luck to come repair it, because, you know, obviously something happened there. But a hurricane's coming, he doesn't get it done in time, so he has to stay overnight in the house with Nick Cage and his wife. His wife really, really wants to fuck this dude, and Nick Cage has noticed, which causes some tension. You don't such say. A, such as in the scene where Nick Cage... Like his wife goes off to do something, and he's talking to him. He's trying to, you know, trying to level with the guy, but making it clear he knows what's up. And he's like, "Hey, so when's the last time you had your uh, cock uh, sucked?" <laughs> the guy goes, <laughs> "Excuse me." And he goes, "That, that long?" <laughs> e gads, motherfucker says e gads to this dude <laughs> trying to fuck his wife, and we get a glimpse cool. into Nick Cage. His entire life, he's a war he's a veteran that got fucked over, so all he does is just sit on the porch in the fucking Louisiana swamp and just down cases of PBR. And all his wife wants is to get out of the house and get some hot young dick for once. It is incredibly good, because halfway into the movie, the dude, the, they're having a heart-to-heart -to -heart together after all that shit already happened. Because the, the main character like also served in the military. And they're like, yeah, no, we really got fucked over. Nick Cage walks to the other side of the room, grabs a bag, drops it in front of him, says, I'm going to give you $20,000 to kill my wife. <laughs> That's halfway into the movie. It's so fucking good. I look forward to hearing your opinions next week. I am sad that I didn't get a chance to watch this yet, it's, but very happy that you did. It's like almost a real movie. That I know that sounds condescending, but... It's more of a real movie than most of what he puts out. Let's be honest here. Leave him alone. He's perfect. I would die for him, and you know that. But yeah, that that was a very nice surprise. It's been a strong week of thick, molasses-y accents, so I'm pretty happy about it. Is it thick? God, Nick Cage is a movie coming out that's just called Jiu-Jitsu? Buddy, read that <laughs> plot summary real quick. Oh, fuck, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. That's yep. his Tony job. Fuck me. Doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's real good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that Frank Grillo? Correct. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> I know this will not be in a theater, but if it were, I would see it twice in a day. <laughs> it's just called Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> oh, why is the plot not on here? I remember it being real fucking stupid. Hang on. We're going to take a break here because I need to find it. <laughs>
Nick Cage's upcoming project is just a masterclass of content. It really is. He's so good. We don't deserve him as a people. The man just, he just wants to own his six castles and be left alone. And let him. He's earned it. This might be a fruitless endeavor. I will get back to you. All right. Parker, just as a reminder, do not watch Running with the Devil. Uh, yeah, that, that was on uh, the last episode. Yeah, just in case you forgot. You're Thank gonna you. click on it by mistake. You're gonna see Lawrence Fishburne's name, and you're gonna go, "Oh fuck!" I, I almost know. fucking did that this week. <laughs> I was this close. What Thank could you. possibly go wrong? Oh man! Shout out to the real MVP here, because that definitely almost happened. I got you, buddy. Don't worry. All right. Uh, are we ready to talk about Knives Out? As will ever be. <laughs> Okay. Um, so, Alex, uh, you texted us and said, well, all I can say is it's good, uh, which glad we're all in agreement here. It's a very yeah, good I don't movie. think anybody's going to disagree with that. Unless Luckily, they... yeah. Well, Parker, you had, uh, <laughs> apparently you read some opinions online, my favorite kinds of opinions, some oh. takes are that people are upset because uh, they, they were able to tell who did it. Yeah. <clears throat> Nothing quite Congrats, like man. Watching, you solved the movie. Watching a movie going, well, I figured it out. Two stars. Great, thank you. Who would have guessed? No, nah, I don't want to spoil it yet. It's, we'll probably spoil weird. it near the it's, end, but we'll it's kind of uh, It's kind of about more than just who did it, which is what makes it fun. Um, I mean, there are other really good movies like this. I think Clue is a really good whodunit. Um, and I'm glad that we're getting back to this sort of thing. I, uh, I like this type of movie. I like mysteries a lot. And I like the way that this one is set up. I like all the characters are defined in their own little way. And... There's, I don't think there's a single performance that I dislike. I like what all the characters are doing. I like uh, J.B. Lee Curtis is, uh, boy, that one aunt you really don't want in your family. She doesn't. She's not even like really bad or anything like that, but boy, she seems unpleasant to talk to. Tony Collette. Let's talk about Tony Collette because I think I mentioned when we did the Hereditary episode that she is such a fucking teenager. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. In this one, she really plays that up. She is absolutely doing that, uh, like, uh, 1980s teenager in the uh, Valley Girl sort of accent the entire movie, and I love it. It is so funny. The scene where she's dancing around like a hippie and, like, trying to, trying to pull up <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, and she just won't move. That scene does so much lifting, because, you know, just from that five seconds, like, oh, this entire family hates her fucking guts. This Correct. entire Without family question. hates each other. It's great. And the, the other part, it's like they, these little things that they do. And I wouldn't be surprised if she had a hand in, like, sort of changing stuff around. Like, she's meditating on her floor before falling asleep. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so wrong. Like, <laughs> I don't know why that was really funny to me. And even the scene where she's checking to see if her, you know, elderly father may have fallen. You know, no other person falls, they could it could be seriously injured from that even then she's still doing the teenager voice <laughs> i read a tweet that led to a new yorker article about you you're famous uh she does that voice the whole movie even when uh when marta gets the uh inheritance i don't know is that really a spoiler i don't think so she's like look i know i feel so much for you honey it's not a big deal i'm not mad at you it's okay Spoilers, we're probably going to accidentally say a spoiler because it's hard not to. I, so. I don't think it's that much of a spoiler because this sort of thing is uh, it's one of the things I talk to uh, others about. 
it's sort of quote unquote revealed who did it like sort of early on in the movie it I guess it's between first act matter. and second act but it's it, it's also not the true reveal but and, and that's not a spoiler either because if you've watched a movie before you'll know it's like wait this movie's over two hours long and they revealed who did it now come on there has to be more to this, you know? Also, uh, the main character is such a benevolent person. You're like, they're not going to do that to us now. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, luckily, we they don't they do not do that. Uh, she's she's a good kid. Uh, actually, I want to talk about the character, the actress who plays Marta. Uh, we, I've seen her in two movies before. Let me tell you what they are. <laughs> I've seen yeah. her. Both. <laughs> so, uh, it's a little good bad here uh, i saw her in blade runner 2049 she plays a hologram girl and i also saw her in knock knock so who's this and uh, <laughs> she dumps them out in both movies so i got that going for me um hey, there you go <laughs> this movie she uh wears a sweater the entire movie so learning quickly <laughs> so we, one star got it we all <laughs> i'm assuming as soon as it cut to chris evans in that sweater we're like oh my fucking god oh that sweater dude i if want I to live sweater, in that sweater oh uh, my yeah. god yeah, that, there was some powerful sweater energy in this movie. Uh, that's the most tumblerest thing I've ever said. How'd that feel uh, coming out of your mouth? Did it, it hurt? It didn't feel great, but uh, <laughs> felt, felt not quite as bad as saying Y apostrophe A-L-L. I'm not going to do that ever again. Don't, my cul- fuck you. My culture yeah. is not yours to what make fun of. Again? Come on, Porky, you can, you can tell uh, I'm struggling. <laughs> I've been waiting for a chance to cut in because I found the plot summary for Jiu-Jitsu. And I got All right, let's, let's hear the plot summary for Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> it centers on an ancient order of expert Jiu-Jitsu fighters facing fearsome alien invaders in a battle for Earth every six years. Fuck me. God Do you understand it. now? <laughs> we are, that's an episode. Mother okay. Nick Cage like, and what? his Jiu-Jitsu friends are going to fight aliens. <laughs> We are what doing this episode. Is... Okay. okay. I was anyway, trying to be just... patient. I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Well, that's the new episode. Absolutely. The, they're called the top... Brax. What top... the fuck? Just, just fucking step on him next time. Like, we know what's important here. Top Cage <laughs> Tony Shaw doing jujitsu on aliens. The, oh. our, I, uh, I have oh, to do a new intro oh, to the man. theme song where it's the Brax Show theme song. <laughs> I got Nicholas Cage in it. <laughs> okay. So Knives Out. How do we? Okay. Who's your favorite Knives Out character, and why is it Michael Shannon? Uh, it's, oh, that's well, that's a really, really strange way to say Don Johnson. Uh, that's I mean, actually, yes. I don't know why you guys keep mispronouncing Daniel Craig's name, but I guess that's the normie answer. Michael <laughs> Shannon's fucking delivery, where he's up on his cane, slap boxing Chris Evans. His wife stands in front of him. He just, I can handle myself, and then sits back down. <laughs> I, I think me. one of the things about Michael Shannon, you know how I have this thing about voices. Did you realize that? His audio must have been overdubbed by Patton Oswalt. <laughs> oh my god. Fucking sounded like this the entire movie. And he, I have to admit, he does have some really, really funny lines. And it's, part of it is he still has that, uh, he does kind of have that face, you know? Like the, the face from uh, uh, Shape of Water, right? Where it's just like, oh, he's a bad guy. He's not the bad guy. He's certainly not a very good person, uh, but... He's not the bad guy in this, but when you're listening to him, it, it kind of feels like it's a little bit of a different performance. And you don't really get super villain vibes from him in this one. You just kind of feel like kind of a Weasley guy, kind of a kind of an oily guy, really. And, that being uh, said, if at any point like he like stood up straight, dropped the cane, and like revealed as an act, and be like, yeah, absolutely, he totally yeah. put on an act. Fuck, <laughs> yeah, this guy's okay, fucking yeah, trouble, it. dude. Yeah. 
Yeah, but like uh, there, there's a uh, one scene that really got to be in particular where uh, it's where Chris Evans comes in and he's eating all those cookies and uh, <laughs> it, it's it's a scene where they cut away. It's like, yeah, how do you like those cookies? How about if she got you some milk for them? <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's real fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> that was like one of my favorite scenes. I forgot all about that. <laughs> I'm glad I rewatched it because otherwise I would have forgot about that. I was laughing so hard. And uh, a Chris Evans' face where he just mouths the word wow afterwards was uh, really funny. This might be my like mother one of the them. best ensemble cast, like cast In a while. acting ability and like performances all around. Like there's not a single weak link here. Uh, better, I'd say better ensemble performance than even the Avengers. Not the yeah. feminized cut, but still. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, we could let's talk about Don Johnson really quick because uh, <laughs> I'm glad to. He is one of my favorite characters, mostly because it's right after the "Are you trying to bait me?" scene, where he's like, "Oh, he doesn't do anything." <laughs> what film rights? <laughs> like ignoring the fact that I'm just happy to see Don Johnson doing literally anything. Right. <laughs> just the the fucking. The nuances of this character being the way he is. The fact that he's the one to call the kid a Nazi. Right. Like, twice. Twice. They do that twice. What he calls it, it means your kid's a creep, and then he calls him a Nazi. Despite the fact that this guy very clearly leads to the right in the yeah. most embarrassing dad way possible. When he called Marta into the room to tell her that when your family immigrated from fill in the blank. Uh, that, <laughs> that was my favorite yes. gag in the that movie. Was being a different country every You know, time. she that came actually, from Ecuador. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was actually one of my favorite jokes of the movie. Specifically because when the second time I saw it, I saw it with Gabby to see if it would pass the normie test. She laughed at every single one of those jokes. So she was following along and i'm really happy that everyone's going to be able to catch it because it wasn't i didn't think it was subtle but i thought maybe like (laughs) i was thinking maybe normies would think it was a little too subtle but oh man it it worked it worked so well anyway when he calls her in there like yeah your family came in the right way they worked for her they pulled him up by their bootstraps i was just like that is the most dad moment i have ever heard in my life do not bring her in there and use her as an example because i love they show the rich like oh she's like family and then like 45 minutes later you get the yeah you see that she knows how to do it right you're like oh that's so much darker yeah well, the, the other thing is that uh the movie plays that conversation off the the right way where she just kind of doesn't say anything during that scene and she just looks uncomfortable being there because that's a lot more realistic than what happens in charlie's <laughs> angels 2019 where well actually this wasn't really a conversation because i didn't say anything <laughs> Yeah, My girlfriend, thanks. who is of Latin American descent, just kept going, no, 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 no. <laughs> she has lived this moment. She's like, oh, fuck this, fuck this. No. Parker, could you call her into the room and just tell her that uh, I'm glad that her family came here the right way? <laughs> that really connected with her. Just like, yeah, I, she just lived like a whole lifetime in one moment. <laughs> oh, God. Did, didn't they use like Uruguay as one of the ones? Yeah, correct. <laughs> Uh, easily the best joke in the movie. I don't know if they ever said Mexico. They didn't even use the most obvious they did one. Not. They did not. <laughs> they didn't want to see I racist. think that's why like, I like it so much. I definitely heard Brazil at least once. Oh, yeah. Brazil was definitely one of them. <laughs> that was definitely one of the better running jokes. I remember my ears perking up when they said Ecuador. I was like, wait a second. I would have remembered <laughs> if they said Ecuador. There were, uh, I'd say, like, three characters. They Well, maybe four that 
didn't get quite as much screen time. So if we could see the Skywalker, I mean the uh, extended cut, <laughs> then maybe there's like uh, another element that we'll play. Well, first of all, the alt right kid didn't really get a whole lot of lines or anything but i think just, just the, the fact, fact that he's there is he's funny just, enough he's just in there to be made fun of and then there to be jokes made at his expense about him jacking off in the bathroom under the stairs that boy like, saying the nazi boy masturbating in the yeah. bathroom oh. has yeah. been playing in my mind all week Parker, just do your real voice when you say that you don't have the nazi boy masturbating in the bathroom there we go <laughs> Masturbating in the bathroom. Oh my Isn't god, it? that's like. Do you think he. What if that guy met Dustin? <laughs> oh, Dustin, I'll say, I'll say, you masturbating in there. Boy, I haven't <laughs> thought of him in years. Now's a good time to talk about Daniel Craig, who plays a character named Detective Beauregard Burger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benoit Blanc is my favorite character, and I want more movies with him. Can we make like a pseudo sequel or something set in the same universe with that same character played by the same actor? Because that's what I want. Parker. I love it this. <laughs> Parker. Every time that they said his name, did you say balls out loud? <laughs> of course I did. Just making sure. <laughs> How bad, when it ended, did you think to yourself, I should watch Logan Lucky again? Because I sure did. I so love listening to him do that voice. Like, this, this movie came up uh, during a conversation a couple days after I saw it. And immediately, the conversation swung to, did you see Logan Lucky? If not, go see it. If yes, this movie's like that. I should watch his, it again. I love his voice in this. You know, one of the things I actually really like about this character is it's nice to get a protagonist who's just a good person and doesn't have that secret, dark past. He's an anti-hero. shadow the fucking hedgehog. No, he's just a good, likable, funny character who's really good at his job and, and again, funny as hell. When he starts talking about donuts, holy shit. That'd be fucking rolling the oats. A donut. And within that hole, the donut's hole, to which Gabby's like, uh, okay. <laughs> there is a donut hole. There is a hole within the donut hole. I, I'm, like, struggling to keep my composure during this, because this is just funny as hell to me. Uh, the other character they don't really do a lot of um, is the uh, the black detective, uh, who I don't even remember his name, and which is unfair because he was actually pretty good for the few scenes that he was in the movie. But uh, I think if he had had a few more lines, it would have been a little bit more to the movie's credit. Because I, I did like him. But his assistant kind of overshadowed him because his assistant was really funny. I don't know what that guy was doing. Was like, but he's like, no, no, wait. This is the best part. Hey, I'm like a really, I'm like a really big fan of yours. I don't know how you come up. I was like, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the cop, I like him because like, he just deadpans a couple times. just like, what the fuck? As he's, yeah. <laughs> which is all you need. That's all you yeah, need. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, the other one is the uh, SJW girl, who I kind of like the fact that they do both far right and far left jokes. You know, she's some sort of crypto Marxist, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that extreme. My aunt on Facebook getting mad about SJW's energy. Crypto Marxist. I think she's. I think she's called a social justice warrior twice because that's a bad thing to be. And uh, I don't know what crypto Marxist is, but that's not the joke they make of it. The joke is that her tuition costs like a hundred thousand dollars a year to learn basically nothing. I I don't know why, but it's the movie is taking shots at everybody and they're playing it down the middle. South Park is brought to you by Matt Parker. Tristan. <laughs> no. Uh, one of the uh, other characters in there is doesn't get a lot of time, but didn't need it. Was uh, uh, oh fuck, I already forgot his name. Michael Shannon, his wife in the movie. She's in it briefly, but she agrees with Don Johnson that America is for Americans, and we're losing our way of life. 
Dude, as soon as you like see her face with that hair done up, you're like, yes, I buy it. A hundred percent. You look at that woman and go like, oh man, I know what you your fucking Facebook looks like. You also realize she has never done a, a day's work in her life. The, that, just, the, <laughs> that just made me think of the fucking scene where... Uh, where Don Johnson's ranting about how the house has been in the family for generations, and somebody <laughs> interacts to be like, no, he bought it from some Pakistanis in the 80s. Uh, Chris <laughs> Evans was the one that was at the climax, which is one of the funnier scenes in the movie. Because <laughs> he just interrupts and just shoots him down. He was about to go on this long time. Well, that is a load of hooey. Uh, <laughs> which would have been a curse word back in the Looney Tunes era. But uh, I here's a... This here's a character that we're all forgetting about, the actual best character of the movie with the actual best actor of the movie. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear for M. Emmett Walsh. When that old man saw it turn into frame, I got so happy. <laughs> he when he fucking undulates into frame, just walked No, here's your security system. And well, no over here. It's so fucking good. He's on screen for ninety seconds, but it's I've, something I'll never forget. This is, so I think good. the I think the loudest I've ever been in an album is when I saw him and said, "It's me." <laughs> <laughs> is this the one where I don't know who you guys watch it with? But is this the moment where you're just like, "Yo, have you guys seen Tales from the Crypt yet?" Because you're going to. Yeah, <laughs> it was a real conversation on the drive home. Like, look, I know you don't like seeing animals get hurt, but, but. <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch this episode. <laughs> real good uh the other character who i really liked and the one where i actually said yo that is me right there is the old woman <laughs> she she has one of the funniest scenes in the movie where she's just staring at nothing she's i think it's at the party she's just staring into the abyss and michael shan's like i got you some cake mother <laughs> Mother, do you want some cake? And she already ate. <laughs> he just walks away dejected. She is just staring daggers at a spot on the floor. And she's not moving. And it was one of my favorite scenes I have ever seen. I loved it dearly. Um, and uh, Christopher Plummer uh, does a... I think he's all right in this. I, I don't think he's like, you know, going to win an Academy Award or anything. I don't think it's exactly his best film role of all time. Uh, you, I know you guys are really big fans of The Sound of Music, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty good in this. He plays a really good old man. He has some funny jokes. When he's playing Go with Marta, that's that's a cute scene. I, I, I kind of like that scene. And it also, the way he just sort of deadpans that humor when she gives him the wrong dosage of morphine was really funny. Uh, just like, oh, that's a lot more. <laughs> when that scene happened, I spent the yeah, rest of the movie like, the I hope the thing. twist isn't that she's actually bad, because like... If that really, it was so sweet. It's like, oh, don't let this be like an actual. She knew what she was doing. I would have been very upset. Yeah, but also I think it was kind of explained early on. It's like she wouldn't be that sort of person. It was also I thought it was kind of interesting that they made this sort of movie with a character who cannot lie, and uh, that being said, what a what a great point. They used it so well because you can't just say, oh, she can't lie. You can't just be like uh, religious reasons for she's haunted by a ghost that'll possess her or something like that. You can't just do something like that to make it that she always throws up when she lies and to have it keep coming back up. That is one of the better recurring jokes in here, even when they don't use it. Even the scene where a very pivotal scene where uh, Chris Evans is talking with her and asks her what happened. He just fed her all those uh, sausages and beans Uh, (laughs) and he just puts the bowl in front of her. All right. Tell me what happened. Just putting the bowl in front of her was enough. You know, and of course, 
the climax. Oh my god, what a fucking I mean, payoff. like, like, it's one of those things where you know it's coming, but you don't care. You're like, just, yeah, yeah, just do it. Just yeah, do it, just I was, it, I was hoping it. too. I was really hoping. I was like, boy, if she turned to the side, ruined the joke, but boy, all over. I'd say, Parker, this is high praise. I'd say better climax than Ready or Not, because I laughed even harder this time around. Even the second time. Man, I will say, watching Ready or Not with someone who didn't know anything about the movie except the home invasion, except the hide and seek thing. Yeah, twenty minutes in, they're like, "We have to get her or the ritual." And he looked at me, and went, "Oh, <gasps> yep." And then the yep. ending happened. He was dying. What a great dumbass! What a good movie. <laughs> what a great year for movies. Yeah, that's, yeah, it really is. And that's the thing about Knives Out is Knives Out is so good that I don't have a top ten anymore. It's like, I can't realistically make a top ten because I don't know what I'm going to leave out. Because this would probably be in my top five. And I don't know what my top five is anymore because I like Parasite and The Lighthouse and Dolomite is my name and Apollo 11 and, and Dives Out and Ready or Not and all these, all these other movies that just keep coming up. All I know is that everyone needs to watch Serenity. Folks, we got to make sure that everyone oh, gets this Blu-ray into their stock. Y'all, I just I got think. someone in another Discord to watch Serenity today. Same dude. Man, oh. I watched it unfold in real time. <laughs> He's like, he, uh, the nerd just caught up to him, and then five minutes went by, he just typed, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Reminder, it's... anyone who puts Serenity on their worst of lifts is a coward and should not be yes. trusted. I just, like, I love that it's like 10.43, movie starts, 11.28, what the fuck is this movie? 12.09, no way, no fucking way. <laughs> I just, it's just exactly over, what I wanted. I just kept spamming with, you gonna catch me a big fish, daddy? <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> what Are you gonna make me proud, daddy? Proud! <laughs> proud! <laughs> Alright, back to Dives Out. Uh, oh, that's it. I won. No, I no. beat him. <laughs> him pumping three times and saying I win and pulling out oh, is yeah. such a powerful scene. <laughs> Fuck, I'm out with Serenity again. Yeah. Is that oh, Amazon Prime? It is on Prime. Amazon Prime. Oh, Folks, I, the I, want the, I want the hard copy. When the network goes down. Okay. So for <laughs> Knives Out, uh, some of the writing is what really gets me here. So this leads to my conspiracy theory. A nice little conspiracy theory. Uh, this movie is so good that I realistically don't believe that Ryan Johnson could have written and directed such a bad movie as Star Wars The Bad One. Cause when he, we're it, five minutes into the movie, they're already questioning them. In my head, I'm like, what the fuck? Where was this two years ago? Where's the fucking casino planet in this? Where's Benicio Del Toro stuttering because there are so many women? Like, like what's going on here? This is so much better. It's so much tighter. And I don't believe that he learned a lesson in, what, two years? Come on. I have never learned a lesson. Think about this. He also did Brick. Brick was a good movie. Like, I think the odds are more in our favor that it's a conspiracy theory. That it was the studio. It was a whole bunch. It wasn't just one person who secretly... It was Carrie Fisher who ghost wrote the whole thing while on speedballs. Literally now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, oh, well good, good news, Chris. We'll be able to put this theory to the test when we see his next three Star Wars movies. He's not doing <laughs> that. That's not true. So anyway, uh, I, 
did, Parker, did you see any of the by, the behind the scenes stuff? Did you see that one thing where uh, people looked at uh, the glasses that? Yes, uh, I did. Yeah, the, the thing where he, he had someone hold it up just so they could get that reflection in the shot of the glasses. That's really interesting to me. That shows a lot of really hard work stuff that you didn't see on Star Wars: A Bad One. I I really like the writing. One of the, my what? favorite lines in here is uh, I I I just have to mention this because I think it might be the hardest I laughed at any line in any movie all year was uh boy i've never i'm not gonna do the accent i've never been to a will reading before oh well just think of it as like a community theater production of your tax returns (laughs) (laughs) you know what movie's not funny the last jedi (laughs) yeah exactly that's another one fucking like again it's so funny in this one it's like all the situations are great i like all the characters arguing with each other chris evans by the way we we could might as well talk about chris evans he's really funny for a lot of his scenes chris evans is underutilized in acting in general now that he's finally free of doing a marvel movie every year i hope he does more shit like this oh yeah absolutely he certainly doesn't need the money from real projects so exactly just do this weird shit like yeah. I was, I've been excited for this movie, but I was weary because you know, it's yeah. Ryan Johnson. Oh, yeah. When the movie opens with a shot of a big old timey house covered in fog, I was like, okay, so we're good. It's gonna be a good movie. I have to admit, I was actually a little worried for you because the music is very clearly not your kind of music. There's a lot of harpsichord in this. It fits though. <laughs> it does. It does. I just usually this is the music that I hear, and I immediately think of the seagull. <laughs> okay, we don't have to bring Which, that up. Uh, it's, uh, let's find out. <laughs> Alex, we'll, we'll get to the game of games eventually. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will. Anyway, uh, we could also get to uh, Marta's family, who you don't see much of them, but you're always kind of feeling for them. You know, you always you want them to, uh, to make it out of this all right. And this kind of brings me back to, like, some of the other movies we say, Ready or Not is actually one of the easiest comparisons. But Parasite, also a really good comparison, is it's not so much a fuck the rich sort of movie, but definitely a fuck the rich's family. And the family part is a really big thing here because Christopher Plummer is not the problem, but these sons and daughters of millionaires who are just so entitled to their money. It's like, man, this movie really skewers a better than a, a whole lot of other movies that I've seen. And I really, really like it. I really love uh, the first round of interviews, I'll say, before the will reading, where it's just cutting back and forth between every single member, oh, and yeah. they start talking about each other and be like, oh, he said that? He didn't do fucking shit. Yeah, I built know. this. <laughs> yeah. I love how, like, it never says, like, okay, here's this person talking. Okay, they're done. Now to this person. Like, it's all really, just yeah. back and forth, back and forth. Really, really good. God, what a good Daniel Craig's interaction with all of them. Oh, I just remember one of my other favorite ones where they're walking and Marta sees the uh, the her footprints in the mud and she's walking all over right there. He's like, oh, wait, no one, no one. We have uh, footprints. And she just, walk, wait, what? Huh? What is it? Walking right all the way over to him. He's like, oh, well, all right. The fucking, the fucking dog bringing back the, the crucial piece of evidence twice. It's really <laughs> so funny. funny. <laughs> It's like she throws it away once, and it's like, oh, that's a good gag. And then, like, 30 minutes later, here's the dog walking up with the exact same thing. <laughs> Even, like, the little jokes. Like, the little joke where she climbs up the trellis, and there's, like, a the painting of a person going through a window, and, like, that's the secret door. I like that. It's a little joke, but I like it. And the other one, and make, sh- and make sure that no one sees you. The first thing she does is get seen. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
making making the old guy a mystery writer lets you do so much with this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just... This movie is meta in all the right ways. Like, it's it's something that they could have very, very easily fucked up. But it's it just everything. I mean, part of it is the setting, too, because the setting gives us a lot of opportunities for really nice sweaters. So costume design is probably going to get maybe an Oscar nod for the costume design. I hope so, at least. Uh, I really like the suspenders. Guys, I'm telling you right now, I'm becoming a suspenders guy. It's just just happening. Yeah, but you won't say y'all. Okay. No, of course I won't. And that gets me back to the setting of this movie, which is another fucking Boston movie, baby. Gotta hit that one out of the park. Yo, Ted Williams hit all the way to that red seat right over there. You can't even see it. It's so far away. Ted Williams really did that. Teddy fucking ball game. (laughs) You're not going to need a detective to find out why I fucking murdered Chris. (laughs) (laughs) When I saw the Massachusetts license place, it's the only note I wrote down. (laughs) Boston, baby. Underlined three times. (laughs) Oh, man. I I liked it a lot. And the thing is, I didn't feel like there were any plot holes. I didn't feel like there was anything that fell through. And when it got towards the end of the movie and everything's wrapping up, uh, one of the detectives is like, yeah, it's pretty obvious, you know, who did what. He's like, but here's the biggest question. Who hired me? And I'm like, oh, right, of course. <laughs> Fuck yeah, what happened? Shit. Yeah, right, movie. it's like one of like, yeah. the best parts of this. And again, I... Boy, I like this character so much. I will be watching more Beauregard... Bur- no, Benoit Blanc, balls out. I will be watching more of his movies if they're ever made. So uh, I really like, hope we get more of this. We're getting a Death on the Nile movie. Let's just do that. Just have this character solving mysteries for like 10 years. I Yeah, I love these whodunits. I really like, uh, you know, Midsummer Massacre or whatever it was. I, I spent <laughs> a lot of time thinking about like... Because the new Bond trailer came out. Like how miserable Daniel Craig has looked as Bond for like the last eight years compared to him in this movie it's like just make yeah. one of these and the other oh, thing yeah. is you can see how much fun daniel craig is having in this movie you can tell he's really loving it and so man i just this has been bugging me forever i just forgot who the little nazi kid reminds me of <laughs> he looks exactly like the dudes from funny games tell me i'm wrong uh yeah he looks he like does. a fucking monster yeah that kid is going to be an E at some point and murder some. He looks he looks like he's wearing fucking Brooks Brothers Jr. Uh, he, he looks... Ugh. You wouldn't want him in your family looks either. looks like he, a problem. But there was also... Actually, I'll say this. There's also good use of phones in this movie. Um, in the sense that I think a lot of modern movies sort of struggle with how to use smartphones. Uh, they'll have people text each other in gigantic text and everything. Uh, whereas when she gets the inheritance, right? Marta gets the inheritance and she's uh, leaving the house. Uh, it, it's sort of like crowding her. And it's a really good shot, by the way. That's one of the things. And Parker, you talked about Ryan Johnson is uh, great framing. The camera work in here. Really should see this in a theater. It's, it's really good. Uh, gorgeous movie. And she's like walking out. Anyway, it cuts to a different angle. Uh the kid, uh, the kid from It, who I don't even know if he has a name, he's uh, filming her on, I guess, Periscope, and I see the hearts coming, and all I can think about is Baked Alaska. <laughs> Keep those hearts coming, fam. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. He's he's on his phone on the toy because he's masturbating. Uh, when she said swatting Syrian refugees, uh, I don't know how he got their addresses, but I'm sure he would do it if he had the chance. Uh, oh, yeah, he calls, uh, I think he calls Marta an anchor baby. He sure does. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. one I haven't heard in a while, and I yeah. live in Texas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, boy, he's a he's a little creep, isn't he? But again, he doesn't get a whole lot of lies, but you also don't need him. It's just the presence of him being there says enough. Or, you know, the movie's not explicit with what it's saying, but 
it's there. It's a pretty obvious subtext, especially at the very ending shot of the movie, where she has the mug that says, my house, my coffee, my rules. <laughs> so, which I like because that's actually the first prop that you see in the movie is that mug. Right. It's like a nice little, you know, bookend. Yeah. God, what a well-made movie. Make more of this. It really is, It's yeah. just so rewarding. It like, is, yeah. It's It's the best word I could think to describe it. Like, you will not walk out of this movie disappointed. Like, even if you don't like some of the performances or don't like the story or fucking whatever. Like, the movie just pays off. It, it rewards you for, for paying attention to it. And that's something that more movies should aspire to do. Yeah, it's... I, I, I like uh, the way that the characters interact with each other. It's not just enough to have good characters. You have to have them play off each other. And boy, do they do that well. I, I like uh, I like some of the little stuff, like the uh, the secret note where you have to use like a lighter to reveal the words. Thank you for not just leaving that in the dust. Because I, I, I thought for a second that they weren't going to bring it up. I was like, well, what about that? Oh, okay. There we go. Thank you. Because of when course she, when she, she would know to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. When she walks back in and she sees the envelope, you just immediately know exactly what that payoff's going to be. <laughs> and then it happens as you're just like, cool, good. I'm glad this is tied up. Like, I'm glad. I love... When it cut back later and like Don Johnson clearly has a black eye. (laughs) I I was very happy about that too. And the good news is everyone else in the theater noticed it too. That wasn't just one thing that I was the only guy laughing at. Um, Should we get to spoilers now? We can. I don't see why. I I already did. Well, sort of, but uh, this Ah, main spoiler is that it was actually Chris Evans. Um I think it was a little obvious, but it's the way that it plays out. That's the interesting thing. That's what makes it fun. So the reason I want to bring it up is because when she pukes all over him at the end and they were recording him committing, uh, admitting that he murdered her, that was just so good. I I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, I I, I thought it was uh, very well played. I thought that it was uh, one of the harder scenes I've laughed at than anyone puking in a movie. But uh, I do not know how Gabby didn't know there was a fake knife. It was set up. It was so obvious. How do you... You saw the knife retract, Gabby. What are you doing? <laughs> She's doing her best. I guess. I <laughs> She's afraid of birds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's going to she turn this podcast never. off right now. <laughs> she would duck. <laughs> Why is it there? All right. Do we have any other words to say about Knives Out? The knife. I want that giant replica in my room immediately. I want all of those knives in that big dumb circle. That makes no logical sense. Oh yeah, like the Game of Thrones uh, throne. I want it so badly. <laughs> like you just know when it comes time for the end where Daniel Craig does his big reveal and he sits center frame in that chair surrounded by the knives. You know someone on stage is going, fuck yeah dude. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. And that would have been me because my god. Correct. You know they had someone on set who was credited as Blade Master. Oh my god. Next week's episode. Could you imagine? <laughs> There's gotta be at least six different movies called Ryan Blade Johnson's Master. new project. While you Unlimited were investigating Blade murders, Arts. I studied the Blade. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the time you got Unlimited Blade Arts and made me watch like six movies? <laughs> 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 yeah, you're welcome for that. Oh. I, I'm I'm very excited to lean back into the uh, the unbelievably stupid but also creative portion of the game of games next year. Now that we've had a year to recover. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Speaking of, all right, let's get into the game of games. Now, before we get there, oh. now 
I mentioned at the end of when I was talking about my movies that there was something else that I knew I wanted to talk about that was just on the tip of my tongue and I couldn't remember it. It's not a movie, but I'm going to insert it here right now. Parker, are you sitting down? Yes, sir. <laughs> Streamer Dr. Disrespect Inc.'s TV development deal with Walking Dead creator Skybound. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> Movies the gaming so cool. content creator will develop a narrative scripted series based on his popular alter ego character. <gasps> what the fuck? I hate this. <laughs> I fucking hate this. Ego Thanks for telling me. See, he's just playing a character, you know, for laughs. You having a giggle, mate. Oh, I didn't need to offend you. That's just my character. I need to go watch that video of him admitting to cheating on his wife on Twitch again. Oh my god. (laughs) Anyway, Game of Games time. Yes. Fuck, man. Speaking of things that will be involved in next year's Game of Games. Oh boy. So we have not one, but two weeks of games this week. Now, for week 13... Chris is the winner, and there's a tie between me and Parker for last. So you guys oh, remember geez. the tie rules, right? Oh, of course you don't. Chris, <laughs> you can assign us each a movie. Oh, boy. Um, uh, all right, Parker, uh, I guess I'll just... Uh, well, you're already watching Brazil, so you're going to fucking do that for a change. Uh, Parker, I watched the Snow Queen. I don't want to fucking hear it. You will do what I tell you. And yes, uh, I'll give you another short movie. I'll give you Inside, because... Yes. You you gotta see that. It's not enough to just move it up the list. Watch this French movie. It is worth it. Uh, okay. See if you can find it in HD because I watched it in standard definition. It wasn't as good as I would have hoped. Uh, as for Alex, you get Once Upon a Deadpool. Oh that's well, I was gonna up. be nice, but you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up, man. So, so as you guys definitely don't remember, the tie rules are now that Parker and I each get to assign a movie to Chris. Oh, okay. Oh, Parker, you can go first. Uh, I don't have anything. I didn't remember that was the rule. Hold, please. <laughs> don't worry bullshit. about it, buddy. Wait, can I just assign a <laughs> Pink Panther shit. again anyways? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me. All right. Jinkies. Cool. All right, deal. All right. And I was actually going to give you something that I like to watch, but instead you're going to watch Megamind. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> Megamind? That's a cult. Go fuck yourself, buddy. Real brain genius movie. <laughs> I'm ready to hear your scouting report on Sean McVay's offense after this one. <laughs> That's the only reason you fucking wrote it down. You motherfucker, I know you. Oh, man. <laughs> I actually had something nice. Yeah, but, uh, I'm sure go you... fuck yourself. <laughs> and, and for week 14, I am the winner and Parker is the loser. Whoa. So, Parker, you're going to watch Blowout. Ooh, Have you never seen Blowout? I have he not. has not seen Blowout. Oh. It's good. It's very good. <laughs> it is extremely your shit, and I kind of yeah. want to watch it again. Yeah, that week you watched it, I watched Body Double. It was a real nice accidental yeah. meeting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, there there were no other scoring discrepancies in week 14, so everyone else is in the clear. <laughs> <laughs> scoring discrepancies. All right. Well, uh, in that case, we'll see you guys next week. And that's the tea, sis.